Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Raised by Earl. Molded by the magnificent roller coaster ride that is Houston Sports. Chill laid down for the only homegrown afternoon team is talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. What's up, Houston? Back in studio for a Thursday edition of the A-Team Sports Talk 790. Wex over there, AC right here, Dan Matthews as per usual. We're going to be a very mobile show over the first uh, couple of weeks of uh, our return. But we are in studio today taking you up until 6 o'clock and getting you ready. That's what I feel like we're doing every day this week. And the more I see, I actually saw a Colts fan today talking trash about C.J. Stroud on social media. It's coming, Wex. Bad blood. Kind of like we were talking about when the Astros and the Rangers finally got good at the same time. Um, this could be a very delicious division for years to come. We kind of saw signs of that with Jacksonville early, earlier this year, but... You're talking about playoffs on the line in the finale of the regular season between two division rivals. That's about all you could ask for, especially in a season where uh, expectations have been exceeded. And as uh, Laramie Tunsil was announced as a starter in the Pro Bowl today, the the rebuild is... I don't even know what the word would be at this point. It's not in earnest anymore. They've, they've already done that. Like the, the building blocks are already in place. The biggest ones, i.e. your franchise quarterback, your head coach, and your left tackle. This is all of a sudden looking very, very promising. And if the Texans can get this win on Saturday, uh, all of the things that we've been wanting here in Houston for years and years and years and years and years could be on the fast track, in my opinion. Yeah, everything that everybody thought they had just a couple of years ago. Yes. Literally, it was all there in place. They were a playoff team. They were a division champion. And they were winning a playoff game, uh, advancing in the playoffs and leading in the playoffs. It was just a couple of years ago. It's not a franchise free of any success. Great success, yes. Free of great success. When they get to the uh, title game in their conference, it will be the first time. And it's been a long time since this franchise was born. Uh, right at the beginning of this century. And we're pushing towards a quarter of the century being over. So it would be nice if that's against whom they were competing. Uh, competing against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Competing against Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and their respective teams. And this is obviously a division that, at least on the surface, when the year began, you figured one team was ahead of the others. One team had a veteran starting quarterback, and the other teams had curse word, which I won't say because we're not allowed to do that. Right. Uh, but at the end of the season, uh, one of the teams definitely doesn't have that anymore, and that's this one. Uh, the likelihood is the Colts don't have that either because I think we all think the future is very bright 
and a winning future for the Colts rests on the arm and legs of Anthony Richardson. Titans are a little bit more murky because they may or may not be after a quarterback this offseason. I don't think that they will be, but they also might be after a new head coach. The NFL sets it up this way and hopes they get a lot of matchups that should provide a playoff fun and uncertainty in the final week. There's only four teams in each division, and uh, that's how they like to have it at the end of the season when they're playing one another. The four teams in the AFC South are playing one another. First and second place from last year playing each other. Second place is now last place and not involved in the playoff picture. Third place and fourth place are playing each other. And the winner of that game is going to the playoffs this year. The Colts finished third. The Texans finished fourth. And one year later, they're playing for a berth in the playoffs. Obviously, the opportunity to win the division uh, still will be in their sights. They'll go to sleep Saturday night after the game, after winning. The Texans will. And they'll wake up as the leader in the division, as the team that uh, hopes they don't get caught by Jacksonville when they play Tennessee at noon the following day. That is what the situation is when they get there Saturday night. And they wrapped up practice for that today. Again, a light workout all three days this week. No different for the Colts. Uh, they also played Sunday and did not know until late in the day that they would be playing again on Saturday. They knew they would not have to go anywhere, so they don't have to travel tomorrow. The Texans do. Again, I don't think it really matters uh, in the NFL. If you think home team versus road team matters, sure. Uh, traveling versus not traveling, I, I think, means nothing unless you're playing in one of Shad Khan's home games that aren't very close to Jacksonville. So I don't think it really matters in that regard. How your team plays home and road obviously does, but that didn't change depending on uh, what the NFL decided to give them. They gave them the Saturday night game. Obviously, all eyes will be on it, and I think that's what we see as the future for this football team. Zero slated, primetime, singled up, only game in town matchups for the Texans versus anybody this year. Not a one until this one. And next year will be a whole lot different sometime between April and May in the draft around when the Texans release their new uniforms. We'll find out how many times the NFL wants the nation to see how good the Texans are, to see how good C.J. Stroud is. They'll get a chance to see them all on their own Saturday night. They'll get a second chance to see them all on their own the following weekend, whether it's Saturday for one of the two games, Sunday for one of the three games, or Monday night of wild card weekend after the Texans uh, beat the Colts on Saturday night, they'll be a playoff team. I don't know where the NFL will put them, but again, none of those games are opposed. They're not all technically prime time. Three of them are, but you're not playing against anybody else. There are no other NFL games scheduled at the same time uh, during the postseason, so they'll have that opportunity all on their own to show what they're made of after they show what they're made of Saturday night. Okay, I have to. You did it like five times in that. That rant. You are, you're like manifesting this. Are you, I have to ask you, Dan, you can join me in on this. Are you that sure the Texans are winning this game? Well, you I sure have to sound make a like pick it. because I do this for a living. And yeah. That's my pick. I don't know if you need to grade how sure I am. I think they're going to win the game. It's as simple as that. Vegas agrees. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners agree. We got available opportunities for them on social media to catch up with us or on the phone lines to weigh in on that. Uh, 713-212-5790, at Adam J. Wexler, at Adam Clanton, at Dan Matthews HOU, at Sports Talk 790 on all of your platforms. Feel free. If you want to give yourself a percent, you want to go confidence poll, you got all these games this weekend, 16 games on the board. You can attach a confidence level to any of them. Would you put the full 16 points 
on the Texans to get the win this weekend? I mean, you'd probably put the full 16 points against one of the teams playing a team that doesn't care, who's playing Jeff Driscoll or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know if you'd reach 16 with C.J. Stroud on the road against a 9-7 and Colts team who has the exact same thing on the line. And that's what truly does set this game apart, which is, again, why I thought it would be Sunday night. It's the only game in town where both teams have the same thing online for them, in front of them. Bills and Dolphins won't, especially since it's the last game of the weekend. The Bills already know exactly what will happen uh, based on what they do. The Dolphins are already in the playoffs. The Dolphins are playing to win a division and host that game. Uh, they're already in the playoffs, though. I mean, if, if their worst comes to worse and they're looking at yet another devastating possible injury, they might just call off the dogs at some point during the game. Heck, maybe before they even get there. Uh, they've had so many catastrophic ones uh, that sadly, and I guess for some, uh, that they get to see it uh, come during hard knocks <laughs> with the Phillips injury and now the Chubb injury. And clearly you don't have 100% either Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. Again, it, it's, it sets the Texans-Colts game apart. If the Texans were playing at the Colts in Week 12 and you know, you're know you 6-6 six and six and maybe they're 7-5, and five, whatever their records were at the time, I still think the Texans would win. But a lot less would have been on the line for both teams because there's so much time to make up for it still. There isn't. This is it. Season's over for one of these two teams if they walk off the field with a loss, and they both know it. And I hope the atmosphere is very good. I don't think Indianapolis presents one of the toughest atmospheres uh, I think it's game-related. Their team's been very good, and so I imagine over the years they've had a pretty good home record, but nothing beyond this is a place that you face tough conditions weather-wise. Clearly there are no conditions. It's indoors. Or tough conditions based on this the loud crowd, the on-top-of-you crowd. It's just another road game in a non-hostile environment. It's just not your fans. What's the line right now? One and a half. Texans are favored by one and a half. See, you got me all excited when you said they were, or Vegas said that they are favorite. Well, technically they are. Yes, yeah, technically they think the Texans are four and a half points better than the Colts. Okay. Yes, technically. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I just never, I don't think I've ever heard you this confident about a Texans game since we've done a show together. Now, part of that is the years that we've done those shows. I wasn't very confident last year in any of their games, so that's 17 in a row for there the whole go. year. There you go. Two years in a row. Yep. So that's 34 games. Yes. But the year before that, think about it. Even when they were going 4-12, and 12, but definitely the <clears> year <throat> before that, well, who's who are the Texans playing? I don't care. They have Deshaun Watson. What difference does it make who the other team has? And that's kind of how And I remember thing, you saying that. That's kind of how it gets to when you have a quarterback like this. And the other team, in this case... They're not playing Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. They're not playing Josh Allen and the Bills. They're not playing Pat Mahomes. They have played Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and you've beaten them. The best two quarterbacks they've played, I, I would think, just in the big picture, are those two guys. Yeah. Uh, some other guys are having good seasons and different pieces to different parts of every they've puzzle. They've lost to some garbage quarterbacks. Right, but that's they're not going to play any of them. Right. And I don't think Gardner Minshew is one of them, though they have, in my opinion, lost to him already. He basically played the entire game. Granted, they said, Gardner, you're going to get to play all day today except for six minutes, and you're going to be up 14 nothing. Yeah, we're going to spot you. Can you handle this? And he definitely handled it, but he also handled... Uh, you know, most of the other 15 games that they've played with the amount of time that Richardson's been off of the field. It's just, it, he can beat them. Uh, he's almost beaten them with much less talent. The Texans also had much less talent. Uh, it's not a walkover. It's not a given. They're not blowing them out. I don't think it's one-sided. I'm not saying anything like that. Yeah. 
But I don't expect to come in here on Monday and start talking about which free agents they need to bring back and which coaches might get poached and how disappointing this season was because I did put that question out there. And if I didn't answer it for you, I will now. If the Texans go to Indianapolis and lose and their season ends on Saturday night, uh, it was a disappointing 2023 season. Year one for D'Amico Ryan's uh, ended in disappointment. Big picture, I get it. I would never say that. Where they're headed and what they have and the core you mentioned, uh, they're not the same thing. You're now at a different point in the season. We have more information. We already know they're good. We're not wondering if they're going to turn it around. We're not wondering if the rebuild is going to work. It worked. They're there. So in the fact that you have a chance... Yeah, it would be disappointing. And silly enough as it might sound, I probably wouldn't say the season is disappointing if they lose the very next game and lose a playoff game, a real playoff game. This is essentially a playoff game. It's a play-in, it's, sort of. It's a chance to, to find out even more about these guys. You know, is, is Will Anderson on 1.75 ankles going to be able to trot out another unbelievable performance against a much better line? Is C.J. Stroud going to say... It's week two, it's week five, our team's good, our team's bad, we're at home, we're on the road. I don't care. I'm the same, awesome, I'm going to pick apart their defense quarterback. Go show us. I think he will. If Will Anderson gets back-to-back sacks like he did on consecutive snaps in uh, last week's game, I'm going to go ahead and say that there's a good chance we see Sam Ellinger this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I w- I'll, I'll let you have that because uh, Will Levis, while athletic, and Ryan Tannehill, while also very athletic, they didn't have a chance. Yeah. They just stood there and got crushed. Yeah. And there was nothing they could do about it. You know, Will Levis, the sack that Jerry Hughes got on him, you'd think you'd see a guy coming right at you, but he's a rookie and he locked in on his singular target and never shook off. And so he never turned his head and he never saw him. Gardner Minshew, that's, you know, he'll, he'll get sacked and he'll take some serious hits. But I think the experience that he has allows him to maybe avoid a lot of those. And maybe you're not sack fumbling him. Maybe you're not seeing him uh, evade it and get a 15 yard. Uh, completion, but maybe it's a three-yard sack and not as hard of a hit. All right, so we have a very guest-intensive Thursday show for you guys today. Pete Rose at the top of the hour going to join us to talk about all things baseball and, of course, his appearance at the Fitterman Sports Group Autograph Show of Texas this weekend over at the Westin Galleria. We'll ask him about that and a whole lot more. Bobby Marks put the Houston Rockets on the front page of ESPN.com a couple hours ago. And so we figured it'd be a good idea to talk to him since they smashed, uh, well, they smashed two of the last two teams they faced, but they've uh, turned things around after that three-game skid. And he wrote an article about uh, several teams' off-seasons and kind of looking at them in different lenses now that we've played over a quarter of this NBA campaign. He will join us at 4.30, and Stan Norfleet will come in at 5 o'clock for another appearance this week as well as we continue here on a Thursday edition of the A-Team. And we're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about watching football this weekend. We're talking about snacking if we're doing that. And I can tell you, guilty pleasure for all of us is eating chips and wings and dip during games on Sundays. Or in this case, Saturday night. Uh, used to make those dips yourself. You ever try that? With like Daisy Sour Cream, for example, and seasoning packs. Well, Daisy is now making their own dips. We're talking about French onion. We're talking about ranch. 
They're so good, you don't need to make them yourself anymore. And you're not just talking about sour cream with a seasoning packet. You're talking about specially selected herbs and spices, not a pre-made seasoning pack. They're delicious. They don't have MSG. They don't have any of that weird junk that I can't pronounce and don't need to have in anything I'm consuming. And it's addictive. Get your hands on this Daisy Dip right now. It's available anywhere you can find it. Daisy Sour Cream with their new dips just in time for the postseason. All that pig skin you're going to be watching, all those parties you're going to be having uh, surrounding these games, make sure that Daisy Dip is a part of it all. Back to Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. The 18 on Sports Talk 790, where Rockets and Astros play and real Texans talk. I'm tickly. All right, I want you to answer this question carefully because it's going to seem obvious at the outset. But when it comes to Laramie Tunsil being named a Pro Bowl starter, does it surprise you a little bit? Uh, Not at all. See, that's what I knew you were going to say. Why would it surprise me? Well, got name recognition. He's been there before. It's a vote of popularity, and most of the people who are voting don't really know what they're doing anyway. (laughs) I mean, I'm not. I don't mean it to be. Well, would you vote for him as a starter? I mean, that basically means I think he's the best tackle in the AFC. That's why I'm asking what I'm asking. I mean, in the AFC, he might have. He might have had the best season, even with some of the time that he missed. I again, I'm not a voter, so I'm allowed to pay as little attention as some of they did. But if I were a voter, or if I played, which some of the people that vote then yeah, I would put more effort into looking at more of their individual games and obviously some PFF stuff and whatnot. But once you get to a certain level, you usually, especially with its, the fact that it's been this many years, if you're on the field, the expectation is you probably pl- played pretty well. And the second half of the season, you could also argue that they both threw and ran the ball very well. Uh, they made major improvements offensively. Obviously, they protected their quarterback to a certain degree at, at whatever level you feel. But not no, I wasn't really surprised. I don't really consider it a huge endorsement for the season he had. I mean, I, I think if I probably spent more time on it and looked at all fifteen other AFC left tackles, it's possible one or two of them had better seasons. I think there are probably a couple in the NFC. And again, I don't know that it even matters anymore. And you're he's a starter for the Pro Bowl. What's he going to do? Pull on the rope harder? <laughs> Well, he's a starter for the Pro Bowl games. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. To me, the the much more interesting question, because it's very easy to see, and many more people know about the respective performances, are some of those that were listed as alternates for this football team, like their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, a Pro Bowl alternate. He's the second alternate. There are three players selected to the team at his position, and Obviously, if he's the second alternate, then somebody else had to be first. So four other AFC quarterbacks in their whatever number of games versus his 14 games outplayed him. You think that's accurate or inaccurate? Hmm. I would need to know the names first, I think, even though that's probably not fair. It's fair, but, I mean, shouldn't you be able to name four quarterbacks that outplayed him if they exist? Well, it's not about that to me so much as it's about... It's still however you feel about the voting process and all that kind of stuff that goes into it. So the same question, if you want me to go that route, am I surprised that fifth out of 16 or 18 or 20 AFC quarterbacks is where he finished? No, I'm not really surprised. 
but I know it's wrong. As a rookie. I don't care. It's, he was, he's not a rookie. There's only one season. He played in it, and so did Mahomes, and so did Tua, and yeah. so did Lamar, and so did Josh. What does that matter? But, I mean, if you had been said, if you had, to, had been told that going into this season... Like, that's going to be the best of best-case scenarios that he's getting mentioned with some of these guys already after not even Yeah, that's the year. kind of poop I hate. I don't... That stuff does... I just... I can't wrap my head around people thinking that that stuff matters. Like the morons who said Georgia hasn't lost in three years. They should be in the playoffs. That's moronic. Who cares? What well, you did in 2022 has literally nothing to do with 2023. Yeah, but that's what not CJ what CJ Stroud did three years ago means nothing. What Laramie Tunsil did three years ago means nothing. I get it in a voting situation. I get it with things like this. And that's usually what we're talking about. All-star voting midseason. Man, he really deserved it in 21, but he, he didn't get it. So I'm going to vote for him this year for yeah. the three months of mediocre baseball here. he's played. I'm saying he's never played in the NFL. And so your best case scenario... Um, after his not quite finished first, you know, rookie campaign, that's a pretty big accomplishment. It's, it's a different question to me when you're asking about a guy who's been in the league versus, and it has nothing to do with their yeah, past resume. Now you're saying, should you be happy about? It? Yeah, he's well, no, great. I, I know of course, that. We're all great. This yeah. is nice. He's look who he's mentioned with. That's awesome. But it's BS. If you're trying to tell me that four <laughs> other quarterbacks in his own conference played better than him this year, you're just you can't. They didn't. That's just a fact. Well, the first thing you've got to ask is how much were any of these guys that you would name were on the field? Because that's a legitimate well, question in 2023. Them. All of them. Every one of them. Every one of them played every single game. Well, then that's something they have over probably half the league at this point. That's, to me, like the only thing going for him. Mm -hmm. If CJ missed five games, then that would a, matter. Yeah. He missed two games. So if that didn't tip you off, Tua, Lamar, Josh, and Pat... Mahomes are the four quarterbacks with Allen being the alternate. Those are the four quarterbacks that would play in the uh, tug-of-war, pancake-tossing, Heimlich maneuver, whatever it is they do at the Pro Bowl games this year. They don't do the Heimlich maneuver. Well, I don't mean to actually prevent someone's choking death. I mean, like, as a gag, you know. I know. Let's pretend. Mean. Like they would do on The Office, let's say. Yes. If you're cutting someone's synthetic face off. Probably shouldn't do that. Probably Things not. are very expensive. Did Tua have Shove a better down. season than C.J. Stroud? We can have that debate, well, and I would probably say yes. Yeah. Did Lamar Jackson have a better season than him? I think that's perfectly reasonable. I think it's also true. I wouldn't debate it. I think it's a definitive. He Did had a Pat better Mahomes. season. That's a debate. I do not think it is a debate at all. C.J. had a better season. Unquestionably. That's... Without... Even that's a five what I'm second getting debate. at, though. That's insane. If you're saying that before he's ever played a game his rookie year, that we're going to be talking like this. That's awesome. And it also it took two things, though. It took CJ being great, and, and it took them having an off year, not being great. Because their whole their whole team. You know what they remind me of? This is going to hurt Astros fans. They remind me of the 2023 Astros. Just something's off. It, they they've been dominant, dominant, dominant. They're always right there. And even in an off year, the Astros were. This close to going to another World Series. Yeah, and I do think we pointed something out yesterday uh, that is significant. And one reason why they're off. And it's the same thing for both Super Bowl teams from a year ago. You only have four coordinators and a head coach, or maybe less if your yeah. coach does both. Uh, three of those four individuals for those two teams left. Eric Bieniemy left the Kansas City Chiefs. But hey, Andy Reid called the play, so how much is this going to matter, morons? And both... Shane Steichen on offense and Bird Gang guy on defense left the Eagles. And I, if you think it doesn't matter, that's fine. I think it did matter in both cases. No, I think, it, listen, it's, I said this yesterday. 
This is something you need to start getting concerned about as a Texans fan. Because it's not a matter of, of if, but when it happens to you. And my question would be, and I don't know how the pay structures are. with like You can't pay a coordinator like a head coach because, well, I guess you could. But like, how do you keep... How do you keep the train rolling if you want to keep it rolling like, for example, the Astros have? There's some constants that have been there amidst all the change, and they've had a ton of change. Right, but as you you know this, and we've pointed this out many times, too. It's just, I wish it were apples to apples. This no, it's is not like, the same. It's like apples to watermelon, apples to kiwi. Pineapple. I mean, I, no offense to AJ or Dusty or Brad Mills or Bo Porter or Cecil Cooper or interim coach Tony Francisco, or interim coach manager Dave Clark. Seriously, what is the guy doing compared to what the football coach is doing? Were they running Dusty's offense? Were they running A.J. Hinch's defense? They weren't running Dusty's offense, I can tell you that much. They weren't doing anything. They were catching baseballs and throwing them to bases. They were swinging at baseballs coming towards home plate as, as demanded by their manager. It's different. Like who? Ca- like seriously, all these years, I sure hope Joe Espada doesn't leave. I sure hope Joe Espada doesn't leave. No offense to him. What if he did? It's not like Eric Bieniemy leaving. It's not like Shane Steichen leaving. It's nothing even remotely close to it. It's their offense in many cases. Kansas City a little bit less so because obviously Andy Reid's there. And if the Texans lost Matt Burke, would it be the end of the world? Probably not. It's D'Amico's defense. If the Texans lost Bobby Slowick, that's clearly different. Yeah. It literally is Bobby Slowick's offense. I do think they've put a good structure offensively in place. Uh, there's three other coaches that are extremely vital to what they've done offensively this year. And one of them you see on the field every week and at every practice. And uh, Gerard Johnson and the other two, Shane Day and Bill Lazor, you pretty much never see. But you hear their names mentioned a lot by Bobby, by D'Amico, who did it again this weekend, and by CJ all year long. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, the, the answer to how you keep them is you cross your fingers. And you hope what happened in Detroit last year happens for you. Ben Johnson could have had three jobs last year, including potentially this one. Yep. If D'Amico didn't want this job, wouldn't have surprised me at all if Ben Johnson would have gone from his first interview to a second interview to taking the job if they offered it. He didn't even get a second interview because he pulled himself out of consideration. And that's the finger crossing of it. Detroit crossed their fingers and hoped, man, our offense is cooking. Please don't leave. And he decided to, I want another year of this. I think we have something really good going. I personally, he must have felt, I can be a better head coach with whatever job I take a year from now or two years from now than I'm going to be in this first opportunity, which may be my only opportunity. And he felt confident enough in himself that the heat he generated last season for the coaching search offseason would be the same. And he's right. Ben Johnson's heat is white hot. He will be the number one young coordinator that everybody wants to hire after this season. Well, the enemy got hired finally, so he's not going to be the guy. Well, he didn't get hired. He's still not a head coach. That's true. But he got hired away from where he was, I guess. Yeah, he finally left and unfortunately went to a team that had Sam Howell on it. So that's mm. what their offense So you're like. saying Sam Howell's not Patrick Mahomes? Well, Sam Howell actually 
there's some like this is why the argument was so dumb all year. Well, Sam Howell was leading the NFL in passing <laughs> yards for much of this season, and he got benched while being near the top of the league in passing yards this season. Yards don't equal wins. Passer rating is usually a much better correlation to it. But I, I personally, if I were you know laying my chips down on the table and was wagering on it, I, I don't think Bobby Sloak's getting hired away from the Texans this year. But I, I think it's reaches near certainty status after next year with another successful year. And the Texans ought to be planning for that potential exit, whether it's with another coach or two on the younger side on, on the offense, if it's somebody among those guys I mentioned that they're strongly considering sliding into that role, if there's some more San Francisco 49ers, Mike, Kyle, Gary, Shanna Kubiaks out there that they want to you know pluck away, maybe there's a younger Kubiak they want in the organization. If Kyle Shanahan wants to give up head coaching and come back and be the offensive coordinator for the Texans with D'Amico as the head coach, I would be fine with that. I'm sure John Lynch is looking to see <laughs> how he can him. get rid of yeah. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we will continue here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. Rockets got a big win last night, and you're not going to believe what the cause was for the fire we were talking about that happened yesterday to an NFL superstar wide receiver's home. At the top of the hour, though, Pete Rose is going to join us. You are not going to want to miss that. A loaded Thursday edition of the A-Team, Sports Talk 790. J.P. France. Swing and a Strike three. J.P. France here. Sports Talk 790 is your home for Astros baseball. Stream every game on the free iHeartRadio app. A-Team rolling along here on Sports Talk 790, Thursday edition of the program. Wex and AC along with Dan Matthews with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Rockets with an off night before a back-to-back with a significant uptick in the competition. Although through the first half last night, the Brooklyn Nets were giving them all they could handle. I just had to ask you this about last night's game because you were there. You saw it in person. The whole Claxton-Shingoon thing. Like, how another example of just awful officiating that just really didn't have to be. You, you saw when he pushed him down? Yeah. Yeah, it's the officials in that one not absolving them at all, but I wouldn't be surprised if they really didn't see it uh, when it yeah. happened. And yeah, I, I think multiple times a game, a player wants a call. He did get fouled, and in order to make sure that the referees see something or pay attention, they go wild, and and that's what Claxton did. Um, I thought Dayron Sharp actually was worse when he flopped after, as I said on the broadcast light, last night, 6'11", 260-pound Dayron Sharp. Down he goes as the Rockets' point guard hits him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought Shangun clearly fouled him. He took, put two hands in his chest and shoved him. Uh, he didn't have to fall over, but if he doesn't fall he over... He reacted to him. He did react to him, but I didn't think Claxton fouled him. Claxton got on his back and leaned into him. Leaned or shoved? If the Rockets had the ball in the half court and he did that, he could do that 50 times without a call. Now the ball was 70 feet away and hadn't even been inbounded yet, so it angered and annoyed Shangun that, dude, they're not throwing a 70-foot pass to me. You don't need to lean into me and and try to knock, you know, kind of lean me over, uh, push me over, you know, and he did. 
And so Shingun's like, what are you doing? And put two hands in his chest, shoved him back. It was very Rodman-esque. And of course, Claxton fell over. Very Draymond-esque. Uh, to me, if you would have just presented, what did you think about Claxton against Shingun last night? Or Claxton <laughs> versus Shingun? I would have taken it straight to the actual basketball. You know, Claxton was a monster in the first quarter, and then Shingun and the Rockets embarrassed them. Uh, they could not defend him one-on-one. They couldn't defend him with either player one-on-one. He racked up eight fouls on the two of them. Uh, throughout the course of the game, while he scored 30 in extremely efficient fashion. And that's kind of when the blowout started and was when they realized, well, both of our guys in foul trouble. What do we do here? Remember, the Nets had the lead at the half. But yeah, the officials probably got duped on that one. It wouldn't shock me if they hit a hit Claxton with a super harsh $2,000 fine for flopping. Uh, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they just didn't bother with it. It's not, it, well, I didn't think it was super egregious. I thought they missed the call on. Um, Watford as well when Jalen Green went flying through the lane and he intentionally fouled him by grabbing his arm and did not let go until Green had fallen to the floor. Um, They looked at it to see if they needed to upgrade it and they left it as a common foul. Very difficult to determine what officiating group or the group in Secaucus is going to feel like that meets the criteria to upgrade to a flagrant because, like I said, during the broadcast last night, I thought we, we have a pretty clear view of it, and that looks like what's happening. And the player is put in a dangerous position by the defensive player who fouled him and grabbed his arm and dragged him down. And they still thought otherwise. Luckily, none of that stuff mattered. Rockets kept the Nets from making shots. Uh, the Nets, uh, as I wrote on my notes uh, I, I had a little section underneath the box score. We get handed 15 or 16 times per game. And it said Dorian Finney Cunningham uh, because for some reason Dorian Finney Smith thought he was Cade Cunningham last night and kept jacking up <laughs> shots. He's not their best offensive player. Not even not close. Not even close. And he took the most shots on the he team and that does played that. into the Rockets' I, hands. I remember, and has he always been with Brooklyn or did he come from? He was from, part of the trade with Kyrie from that's the Mavs. Right. Okay, that's right. That's Yeah, exactly. Because I remember like vividly doing games with Ackerman when he was still on the radio and he would say his name 50 times a broadcast because he kept jacking up shots. Yeah, his percentages aren't awful, but it's by design that they're when and why are you taking these shots. We'd rather have the offense be more patient to get somebody else a shot, whether it's Cam Johnson or Cam Thomas on any night other than last night or the night before where he missed all the shots, 0 for 17 in his last two games, or just a better player, Mikael Bridges, etc. The Rockets just eventually... This is what luckily happens more often than not because they're good. The bottom line is by the end of the night, they're going to outplay the opposition as long as they play hard. That's how it felt. They played hard in the first half, but they turned the ball over a billion times. This was very Detroit. I mean, it wasn't too dissimilar. They were up by by four on Detroit at half. They were down by one last night, and the third quarter was like a war zone for the opposition. Yeah, the difference was the Nets stayed in the game. They stayed down 9, 10, 11 the rest of the night. The Pistons got blown out, and the game was over. The Pistons suck. They they almost they've had two overtime losses in the past week. Yeah, and good for a them. Win. That that you know what that sounds like? That sounds like twenty 2020 twenty through twenty twenty two Houston Rockets basketball. Uh, not to me. They're much worse, <laughs> and the Rockets never really got into that point where they oh we figured it out. Even though they had a long winning streak. Well, to me, when the Rockets were like having their awful dark days, you know, the same years that the Texans were having theirs, and it was just real great around here. And if it hadn't been for the Astros, we'd all have been on the ledge as sports fans. Um, they would have a quarter. I said this on the broadcast the other night. They would have a quarter. And you could look at it in the box score and just see it. If you, if you didn't watch the game, if you didn't know anything else that happened on any given night, 
and it would be like, you know, 42-25, like it was against the Pistons the other night, or 47-25. Um, and it would be like, oh, that's where it turned that night, and there'd be 20 of them in a row. Where the Rockets would actually play competitive basketball for a couple of quarters, usually. They would have a scud missile dropped on them for one of the quarters, and they couldn't recover, whether it was in the first half or it was in the third quarter, and the fourth quarter was, you know, expending all your energy trying to make it a respectable score. That's what it reminded me of. But I just, uh, it, it was doubly satisfying last night since you kind of control the Brooklyn Nets draft for. Well, they're the next also in years. a total tailspin. They've lost 10 of 12. And the only two wins are against the Pistons. If this continues, they'll knock themselves out of the playing situation. They'll obviously lock themselves in uh, to a much uh, different situation from a draft standpoint. So, yeah, that would be nice. And still have a lottery pick. Just not quite sure what they'll be thinking, say, at the deadline in light of their future and whatever. A lot of things still in play. And the good news is paying attention to this team with 50 games to go, it's worth it. Uh, the next two teams coming in as of right now. Both have 24 wins. Another game to be played uh, by the Bucks before they get here on Saturday night. Uh, they'll have 25 wins because they play the crappiest team in Texas. And then they come here to Houston. Uh, but Minnesota will be here on Friday night with their 24 wins. Both of them lost last night. Yeah, I. Uh, which do you think is going to be a tougher test for the Rockets, though? Uh, Minnesota Milwaukee. or Milwaukee? I think, I think just flat out, I think Milwaukee is just better than them. As long as you're not the Pacers, Milwaukee seems pretty good. <laughs> um, and I just think Minnesota is going to end up, you know, maybe monthly, slowly getting swallowed up. You know, we like to make Tour de France references all the time on the show. I think the pack is going to catch the yeah, but how about rider the fact wearing that the, the pack, yellow. Yeah, the pack is led by the Thunder right now. They're not just scrappy. The team that just beat the Celtics? They're very, very good. And now they have like 15 first-round picks yes, over the next two years. they have the best super tall, thin rookie in the NBA. Did you see that? See what? What I sent you guys. What? Wemby doesn't like pop? No yeah. way. I'm shocked. <laughs> so Who does? Well. The misses? Tim and Tony and Manu did, but then Kawhi why? and why, Wemby. Why did they? And now, Kawhi gets you in a gray air, but why did those first crew? they were winning. Yes. You think Wemby would care if they were 25 and 10? Well, also, Tim doesn't have a personality, or I've never even actually heard him talk. He's like a, a mute. A he, very la good mute. he laughs on the bench. Only at Joey Crawford before he gets ejected. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is interesting if there's already first pick turmoil because as powerful and as awesome and as historically great Pop has been and the team has been with Pop as the coach and part of the personnel side of the organization, he won't win this one. 33 games is all it took. And, and I don't know the seriousness of this. Like, at what level is this really believable? And I listen, the Spurs got their number one pick. Fine. Do not reward them again. I, I cannot take it. Reward them again with another number one pick? Yeah. And now they're just a number one pick. It's not like, oh, look at this prize. It's just a guy, right? Just a re like Cade Cunningham was the number one pick. Does, do the Pistons feel like they were rewarded? I'm not saying he's awful, but he's just another really good player. Go closer to home now. Okay. The Rockets' number one pick recently, who? Well, they had two at the top of the draft, and. You yeah, but it wasn't. Argue both. They didn't gift. You know, well, they're talking no. about the number one overall no, pick it, being some transcendent a, player. Yeah, but if you have a top three pick in back to back seasons, you would hope to at least strike a superstar at one of those. And I don't think they can say that. Go look at the draft recently, and you'd be surprised. Even look at uh, Jalen's draft, where Alperin Shingun is the best player in the top 20. Number one. Not we, one of the best players, not in the discussion for best players in the draft. The best player in the top 20. We need to have a dialogue about that. 
Sure. I guess you know which side I'm on. Yeah, no. So I guess uh, it'll just be me talking that whole segment when we talk about Alper and Shea. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right. We'll wrap up the 3 o'clock hour next. Pete Rose coming up at the top of the hour. A guy who should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He'll be joining us at 4. We've got Bobby Marks to talk about the Rockets at 4.30 and Stan Norfleet at 5 here on a Thursday edition of the 18th. The 18. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. The afternoon team covering your team. Drives this deep to left center field. This is Sports Talk 790, home of Astros baseball. Real quickly, because we've got Pete Rose coming up at the top of the hour here on Sports Talk 790. Dan and I were talking about this before the show, Wex. It's like guaranteed, or as Charles Barkley would say, I guarantee it. Jim Harbaugh goes back to the NFL if Michigan wins, right? On Monday? Why does Monday night matter? Because at that point, he's accomplished what he got there to do. So he's going to say, nah, I don't want an NFL job. I still want to win a national title if he loses. Maybe. I don't think so. I think you're... Do you think his mind's made up? Well, but he's, has has there been an NFL coach not named Chip Kelly in recent memory who's had his name tied to the NFL and returning to it or going to it more? No, probably not. But he also has been there before, and that kind of sets him apart. And he's had success. I guess I should have said that too. Success, right? As an NFL head coach, took already. a team to the Super Bowl. So that that sets him apart from almost all the other flirtations with college coaches. And they'll line up to hire him. These teams that need head coaches. Well, I mean, and he might. Go ahead. Loosely Lincoln Riley, but I think these last couple of years That's true. That's has true. kind of started to cool. I mean, Lincoln Riley was hot for an exceptionally short period of time. About the same amount of time that Cliff Kingsbury was? Uh, well, looks-wise, Cliff's always hot. But as a head coach, not, wow. not quite as long. Look well, at every- Wex broadening his horizons over Dude, here who on who doesn't air? think Ryan Gosling is hot? <laughs> he does look a lot like him. I was going to say, I, I remember watching a game with a girl, and she was like, she, he looks like Ryan Gosling. I'm rooting for them. Um, but <laughs> no, He's just Ken. Every coach has a blind spot, and I think that's probably for a guy like Lincoln Riley. He's kind of proven that's the issue for him, for the blind spots that Harbaugh might have had. Over these last few years, he's kind of worked through them. Well, Harbaugh's program is on as is is despite the clear issues that have nothing to do with between the lines. I guess if you want to allow that, despite that are, that the are being covered very different, differently well, by national media than the Astros. He was already in hot water before this even came up. Right, he was already post serving this season's suspension when this all came up. He served two different unrelated suspensions. During this run to a national title game, he will be here this weekend. They will play the game on Monday night. That's the other part of why I think his mind is already made up. I bet you he doesn't think it's fair because he knows more than I do about whatever took place with the recruiting issue and with the hamburger issue. And he's probably like, I don't need this. And then the sign stealing stuff, depending on how involved he really is and how much he thinks it's just nonsense and how little he wants to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like if he comes back to win a national title, he'll be doing it with... This is the case with every college team, a different team, a different group, a team that's probably not quite as ready to do it as this particular team, just kind of from the state of everyone's eligibility, junior, seniors, et cetera, things like that. I don't think they're going to win it again next year or be in that spot to win it again. So I think the time is like for so many reasons. This actually is the time. Oh, and AC, you know, they had to start cheating because everybody else was doing it. Yeah, I know. 
That's why everybody cheats, because everybody's well, doing the, it. One of the other uh, right? <laughs> interviews that was making the rounds, at least on my timeline last night, was the 2017 on-field post-Game 7 World Series win for the Astros at the Fox desk, or at the MLB Network desk, Harold Reynolds, DeRosa, and... Astros catcher Brian, Brian McCann. Yeah, Brian McCann. The yeah. one where they're saying, man, you had like a thousand visitors out there. You're just trying to stay on the same page. And the former players that were sitting in the middle of the desk and McCann, who was standing in between them, Harold and DeRosa, they all knew. And they were all joking and winking and chuckling about, yes, we were trying to stay on the same. Oh, was there more going on M- than McCann, that? McCann, who played. Uh, ha, 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 I yeah. know, I'm not going to say, ha ha. I mean, McCann yes. played most of his career for Atlanta, and then did he not have a stop with the Yankees on his way to Houston? He, he did. did. Okay, just making sure that everybody was it aware of that. It doesn't even matter. No, I mean, but, they all do it. But it does for Yankees fans because they're that stupid. There's yeah, no and it context does for Dodgers taken. fans because they're playing the Dodgers. Right. Because they the fit team in the same category. Well, they fit in the category of why on that particular day for the seventh game in a row At against home. the same team yeah. are you needing to visit the mound and change your signs with nobody on base that often? Every time I, I no reason. Yeah. Every time I hear from a Dodger fan though, I'm just like, you lost two home games. You lost two home games in the World Series. If the Astros said we knew if the Astros knew every pitch that was coming in any particular postseason game, and we all knew that they knew. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible they could still lose that game? Of course it yes, is. Exactly. Go look at the 2019 World Series where they were heavy favorites. Yeah, but they didn't know what was coming. No, I'm but just I'm, saying the idea that oh my gosh, they knew what was coming. It's over. In baseball, it isn't. Just like if you are roided up or whatever you're using, Adolis Garcia, it's. Great if you can make contact and hit that baseball, but you still have to make the contact, which is why guys like Barry Bonds and, frankly, our next guest as well, for different reasons, should be in the Hall of Fame. That's different. That's different. I just think that it's ironic and downright sad at this point that Pete Rose isn't in for those reasons. But as far as Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and guys like that, I mean, there are guys in the Hall of Fame right now that we have a pretty good idea were roided up at one point or another during their career. And they have no problem with them being in. And they weren't nearly as good as those two, especially Bonds when it came to, the, came to hitting the baseball. But, um, by the way, speaking of Harbaugh, um, this is a, a Wex special on the surface, but then you dig a little bit deeper and it's really not. Oh, well, there's ties to the Vegas Raiders because of the Tom Brady connection, except for that they have the same agent. And it's not just because Tom Brady went to Michigan and that's where Harbaugh happens to be coaching right now. Yeah, and I think that's the one place of the three that are technically currently open he's not going. Really? You think he's going to the Chargers? Well, I don't think he's not going to the Raiders because they have their head coach. He's been working for them all year, and now he is the head coach that's currently. another very good point. And honestly, it's it's not even – this is a situation where it's not even about Harbaugh. It's more about him and what he's been able to Absolutely do. Absolutely should be. And then that's sometimes why when you're just giving these guys jobs and kind of skirting the process, you're missing – like. Antonio Pierce goes on this circuit and interviews the five teams this year. Realistic chance he gets hired by none of them. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he has this job is wasn't an automatic with who they had on the staff. They chose to uh, make him the interim coach. He's made the most out of it. I think the players have clearly responded to him. They certainly have a little bit more talent than the firing of their GM suggests. They just don't have talent at the most important position. Like, Josh Jacobs should be capable of succeeding. And Devontae Adams should have weekly games of eight catches and 120 yards. But they don't. 
because Aiden O'Connell and Jimmy Garoppolo are throwing them the football. It's not an all-encompassing, terrible situation. They've got one of the seven or eight best defensive linemen in football in Max Crosby. They have players. They they can win, and that's what they've shown. The difficulty in beating them when they've lost is what's happened in their losses, and they've gone out and obviously they at least handed it to one team in prime time that everybody saw that Brandon Staley said, you know, the guys are still listening to me because if they weren't listening to me, if my message wasn't getting through, then we'd be getting blown out on the field. And then they got blown out and they got fired. You like the potential of a Justin Herbert, Jim Harbaugh marriage? I think that's a realistic possibility, but he's not going to automatically make Justin Herbert start converting the talent into wins. And then their record is not awful. They were on the cusp of the playoffs one year, played week 17 trying to get there. And then we remember what happened with the Raiders in that night. And then this year, or the year after, they were in the playoffs and cratered miserably after that big lead against Jacksonville. And this year they just had, they did have a lot of injuries, but they were already not playing good football long before Herbert got hurt. Uh, Chargers and Harbaugh rumored to have already met more than once, and a deal is already being worked on. That's one person's report. They also don't have a GM. That's true, because they did the whole reset. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that would be... Well, are you giving him any sort of personnel control? I think bad owners will. Exactly. And See, that's they what have I was about one. to say. <laughs> Sounds like Jim Harbaugh is going to be running the team and coaching it. According to uh, Wex's opinion of San Diego, ah, I did it. I did it. LA I, mean, I, I, I was talking about him during the holidays. I'm like, it's talking to somebody who said San Diego. I said, dude, I say it all the time. We're five years out, 10 years out, 20 years from now, I'll still be saying it. Why is it that franchise, though, and not others? I don't know. I mean, they I, don't call them the, the, the Vegas or the uh, Oakland Raiders anymore. Because they didn't have staying power with any of them. <laughs> they kept moving already. It's true. That's true. They're vagabonds. All right, when we come back. The man, the myth, the legend, Charlie Hustle. Pete Rose coming up here on the 18. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. Hour number two underway here on Sports Talk 790. And we started off with a very, very special guest. First of three we're having on the program today. Wex AC, Dan Matthews with you on a Thursday edition of the show. And Pete Rose joining us right now on the hotline as the uh, Fitterman Autograph Show of Texas is going to be going down this week. And it actually starts tomorrow through Sunday over at the Weston Galleria. You can get tickets online at FittermanSports.com. Uh, Pete, this is uh, one of those situations where we've been dying to talk to somebody like you for a long time. I've never been able to talk to you, and it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, first of all, how are you, and uh, what's been going on here in the first few days of 2024 for you? Well, uh, I'm doing great, and uh, uh, I'm in Las Vegas. That's where I live. I'm coming to Houston for the show on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Fetterman is my man. Uh, I've been signing with him for several years now. And uh, we have a good time, and uh, uh, we cover a lot of ground. So uh, how's your day? I mean, uh, Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah, you too. I guess I should have started with that. No, we're doing fine. We're doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, with the Texans trying to stamp a ticket to the postseason. And obviously, uh, the Astros have been top of mind for a long, long time in this town. Uh, What have you thought about, just starting right there, of their sustained success here in Houston and what they've been able to do in, in the modern era of Major League Baseball? Well, first of all, um, I got a lot of respect for Dusty Baker. 
uh, played against Dusty, played with him in all-star games. Uh, he's done such a good job as a manager on the field, and uh, you got good players down here in Houston. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I mean, it's, it's, it's no secret why you win, because you got good players, and you've had good pitching over the last several years, and uh, that's what it takes to win in baseball. And uh, uh, I expect uh, the Astros will probably be as a good team uh, this year too. Next year, I guess it is. The state they of got good players. When you when you got good players, uh, it's a little easier to uh, to play together and win. Because when you don't have good players, it's really hard to win in Major League Baseball. And you guys got good players on that Astro team, no question about it. When you consider what the baseball looks like in 2023 and now 2024, some of the rule changes, pace of the game, pitch clock, yeah. things like that, non-shifting availabilities, how do you view things as where the state of the game is? Well, I'm one of those guys that I would just leave the game alone. Uh, it's been good for over 100 years. Uh, you know, three three. Three outs, it's a half an inning, nine innings is the game. Uh, I think the the one thing that helped baseball this past year was uh, the, the the clock. You know, getting the guy from stepping out of the, the batter's box and adjusting their gloves on every pitch, I never did quite understand that. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of uh, putting a man on second to start an extra inning game off. Uh, but I guess it works, and, and baseball knows what they're doing, I think, and uh, they really don't need my advice. Uh, they got great players in baseball today. They're making a lot of money. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that anybody wor- is worth $700 million uh, to play the game of baseball, but, uh, you know, the guy that got the money is uh, probably the best player in baseball today, and he's got a pretty good teammate, Mike Trout, so uh, only time will tell. I mean, you, you start giving a guy seventy million dollars for ten years. Hey, you're going to expect a lot, and be honest with you, you should get a lot. And uh, now I don't know if he's going to be able to pitch or not because he has some uh, Tommy John surgery on his elbow, and he's still got that money. So I know he can hit. He's a home run hitter. Uh, is he going to be the same in Dodger Stadium as he was in Anaheim? I don't know. Time will tell. But he, you know, he joined a good team with the, in, with the Dodgers, good players surrounding him. Uh, but there again, he had good players surrounding him in in, the, in Anaheim. And I always look at a guy and see what what was the end result? Did they win or did they lose? And I I, I don't remember seeing uh, the guy making all the money in the playoffs the last several years. I want players who are used to playing in the playoffs. I want players who help their team get over the hump. And that's what disappoints me about Mike Trout. Mike Trout's a great player, a great talent, but he never leads his team to the promised land. You know, Willie Mazes and Hank Aarons and people like that, they always led their team to the promised land. 
if you're a great player, you got to lead your team to the promised land. And uh, these great players playing today, they make a lot of money, no question about it. God bless them. But they don't really get to the ultimate goal, which is uh, playing in a World Series and winning a World Series. Well, playing in a World Series, winning a World Series, something the Astros have done twice, uh, once before the 2019 MLB report, now once after. Uh, From your standpoint, the way that Manfred doled out that punishment, handled things with the players, the way the fans were basically given the uh, opportunity to treat the team however they saw fit, those were the commissioner's words. How do you think that whole thing was handled when I think we all know there is more than just a singular team in Major League Baseball that might not have followed all the rules as the rules state from a sign-stealing standpoint. Well, you can help me out with this because the last time I checked, uh, it didn't affect any players. They got rid of the general manager, correct? And the manager. And the manager. So what did either one of those guys have to do with with the stealing signs and stuff like that? It was the players. And when you let the players get away with something like that, what's that tell the rest of the players who want to get out of line, so to speak? You know, you you got to you got you got to penalize the guy that did the uh, uh, did what they did. And uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm not here to do the uh, commissioner's job, uh, but that was a, that was a bad situation, no question about it. Uh, but there again, I, I I really don't know the proper way of taking care of that. I know, and it really saved the Astro players from having to go on the road and and take all the flack they were going to take from the visiting fans on the road. So that part of it was pretty lucky for the Astros. Yeah, and I thought we're talking to Pete Rose here on Sports Talk 790. He'll be at the Autograph Show of Texas, courtesy uh-huh. of Fitterman Sports this weekend. It's the Weston right. Galleria. Uh, you can get tickets at Fitterman sports.com but yeah i think that one of the things that maybe uh isn't talked about enough is that probably the fan base of the astros took more of the scorn than maybe anybody involved would you agree with that i i I think you're right with that and uh that doesn't make much sense to me you know i get a kick out you said the galleria (laughs) when i was a baseball player going to houston to play the astros we used to always go over the galleria and watch the girls ice skate do tell. They still do. They still got it. Watch the beauties of Houston. I skate all afternoon. That's what I remember about the Galleria. Well, I'm happy now to I'm say, Pete. To, I'm, now I, I'm going there to sign autographs. That's a pretty nice deal for you to, to go from that to, to this. I was, was there when you were here. Uh, I did yeah. attend one of the 1980 playoff games between the Astros and right. the Phillies. Do you regard that? Was a great that, series, by the way. That that's my question. Series. Is uh, to me, that's maybe one of the all-time greatest series. You won three games, all in extra innings, here in Houston uh, to close things out. Yeah, anytime you have a five-game series and it goes five games, uh, it's going to be an exciting series. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to play in what I think the uh, the most exciting playoff ever, and I got to play in the '75 World Series against the Red Sox which a lot of people say was the uh, greatest World Series ever. I remember playing a game in Old Colt Stadium. Remember Old Colt? You're, you're too young to remember Old Colt Stadium. <laughs> but I, got, I got a hit one day there in extra innings, and Nellie Fox made an error, and I scored. Uh, I don't know how I worked my way around the third, but I scored a run, and we won the game one to nothing. And Ken Johnson, who pitched for the Astros, pitched a no-hitter. 
and we won the game one to nothing because Nellie Fox made an error. I don't think that's ever happened before. Getting no hitting and still win the game. That's some of my recollection with the city of Houston. And let me tell you something, that old Colts team, it was hot, man. We had to play Sunday night games because it was so damn hot during the day. But you have to do what you have to do. And uh, uh, I remember playing in the Astrodome from Colt Stadium to the Astrodome in 65. And that was a lot of fun for me because whenever I was a baseball player and I left home to go to the ballpark, one thing I wanted to do was play the game. In other words, I didn't want rainouts, especially when, when you're on the big red machine because the more rainouts you had, the more double headers you had in September. And when you're in a pennant race, which we were every year, a double a double header usually means a loss. It's hard to sweep double headers, especially in September. So the least amount of double headers you have, the better off your team was. And that was good. One good thing about playing in the Astrodome, you never got rained out. Pete Rose joining us here on Sports Talk 790. He will be part of the uh, autograph show of Texas, courtesy of Fitterman Sports. You can get tickets at FittermanSports.com. The Weston Galleria is the venue, and uh, Pete's going to be there on Saturday and Sunday. Pete, you're the only baseball guest on the schedule. That's good. I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe the people come in are baseball fans. <laughs> no, I think there'll be plenty of uh, of that. It's uh, obviously Friday, well, Saturday. I usually, do, I usually, I usually do shows uh, with with Mr. Fetterman, uh, and Rick Flair is usually there, and Mike Tyson is usually there. We're all in his stable, and uh, I really don't know the other guests. Maybe you could help me out. Who's some of the other guests? Probably going to be basketball and football players. For sure. Vince Young's going to be there. Hakeem and Clyde from the Rockets will be there. Jerry West, Dr. J, uh, Carl Lewis is going to be on hand. And uh, some of the Sting's going to be there. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, some of the wrestling fans. By the way, you yeah. mentioned that, that group, that eclectic group. What's it like being at a dinner table with those guys? Well, Rick Flair's a hoot. Uh, Mike Tyson is one of the nicest guys in the world. Uh, you know, those are the guys I usually sign with. Jerry West is a prince. I mean, he's just a great, great basketball player from West Virginia, and, and uh, he's just a good man. It's Dr. J, uh, I do a lot of shows with Dr. J, and, of course, we were uh, in Philadelphia together, him with the Sixers, me with the Phillies. Uh, so I w go way back with Dr. J. But uh, Ryan usually has a good lineup. Uh, that's one thing he does for the fans is he gets the best guests he can possibly get uh, to do the show. And uh, that's why he knocks the doors down when he has a show. Absolutely. Hey, there's nothing like Fetterman Sports, man, when it comes to autographs and meeting celebrities. Now, I, uh, Rick Flair Rick Flair is funny. I don't know if he's going to be there this week or not. Uh, but but he is a hoot. I mean, that guy, woo! <laughs> I mean, that's all he that's all you hear when you go to the show which is from the time he walks in until the time he leaves. But one thing he does, he takes care of the fans. He's very cordial with the fans. As all the guys that Fetterman have at his stable, they're all nice to the fans. That's what shows are all about, young man, being nice to the fans and hoping they come out to see you. Well, Ric Flair is going to be there, and he's supposed to be joining us on the program tomorrow. So I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag after uh, we end this here. But, Pete, we really appreciate the time. Uh, FittermanSports.com for the tickets. It's the Autograph Show of Texas this weekend over at the Weston Galleria. Pete, we really appreciate the time. It was a pleasure, and uh, good luck this weekend. 
Hey, thank you, and uh, keep up the good work spreading the, the world of sports around that Houston area, okay? Everybody appreciates it and appreciates your job to do. So keep up the good work, and you guys have a happy new year, okay? You too, and I hope you get to catch some skaters while you're at the Galleria. <laughs> okay. All right, Pete Rose here. I'm too, I'm too old for skaters now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm not going to put it past you. I have faith in you, Pete. That's like, hey, that's like I was doing a show the other day. It's like I got time to tell you one story. And a guy asked me, he said, what do you think you'd hit if you were playing today? And I thought for a moment, and I said, well, I don't know, 200, 205? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He said, wow, pitching's really that good? I said, no, you dumbass. I'm 81 years old. <laughs> and scene. Good stuff, Pete. We appreciate the time. And uh, have fun this weekend down here in Houston. Okay, thank you. All right, Pete Rose here on Sports Talk 790. Really no way to top that. So we'll take a quick time out. We'll come right back. Bobby Marks at the bottom of the hour here on a Thursday edition of the A-Team. Adam Clanton. Adam Wexler. The A-Team. Continues. On Sports Talk 790. Turns. Spins. Goes up. Scores. Rockets basketball lives here. Where am I? A new signature segment called... What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up? What's up? I say what's up? What's up with that? With that? Here in 2024, Wex, we're still calling it a new signature segment. Yeah, well, the uh, production team attached to the program here better get on that. So I apologize. That's on me. You're not the production team. Sure I am. You're it's not you. I wouldn't call you out like that on day three of the year. I, I call myself it. out. No, it's There's okay. nothing to take. No, I can it's take not it. directed at you and certainly not directed at Bobian. God does unbelievable work, as do you. It's directed squarely at the very, very busy, too lazy to get off their butt, Wexler Research and Production team. Just sitting around, oh, candying it up. Hey, we're, we made it to 2024. Why work? Let's just do what all the uh, great marketers out there do. You mean it's not really any different and nothing is new in it, but you're still sticking a new and improved sticker on it? You think they'll fall for it? Why not? Let's just see telling them. A new signature segment. It's new to you if you've never been with us before. It's new to 2024 because we've never done it before. All right. So probably one of the most popular podcasts out there involving player hosts or ex-player hosts. And there are some really good ones out there to give these guys some credit. Some better than others. Uh, if there were a scale and you were dropping podcasts on each side, if you dropped the all the smoke podcast down on one side of the scale it would yep. it would go down because it's very heavy and weighted and excellence and some good content in there and as i mentioned yesterday uh, their sit downs with uh, al harrington they being uh, matt barnes and stephen jackson uh, al harrington and lamarcus aldridge awesome and then if you dropped like 
uh, the Gilbert Arenas vehicle, the podcast. You drop that, say, on the other side. Not great. It wouldn't go anywhere. It would just stay right where it is. It sucks, dude. If you had a scale. But then if you pulled his podcast right off and you dropped on the New Heights podcast, it it would probably start to even out because I think they both are very, very good. Uh, The New Heights podcast guest list, a little bit different. Uh, Most of their guests have the same last name as they do. Uh, Their dad's been on. Their mom's been on a lot. Their kids have been on. This is like a dream for Travis, somebody like you. Travis doesn't have any kids, so it's it's uh, Jason's kids. And now uh, the great Princess Kiana, as he calls Jason's wife, has made a second appearance on the show. But none of that matters to what's up with that. I'll play this for you from a recent episode of the New Heights podcast. And I think it could be about just about anything that's taken place during this football season. The media is so dumb. Why are we? In, why do we do the media? Well, I'm just, know, a just, just a bunch of jack. Just a bunch of jack. Just out here talking nonsense. So we're just a bunch of jack butts, just talking bleeping nonsense. The media is so that's dumb. Not what I thought he was saying. Now, that's literally what he was saying. No, I thought he was saying jack something else. Butts and donkeys, same word. So that's not what I thought he was saying. Uh, well, th- I'm telling you what he was saying. I know. The I'm word telling you, donkeys. I thought it was something else. That's why I'm making it clear. <laughs> um, it's a football-related <laughs> argument. And I, he was saying it a little bit in jest, obviously ta- telling the media how dumb they are for even thinking it. Now, if you hadn't heard the context of that, which I will play for you here in a minute, I mean, what what is the media gone out of their way to say that at this point in the season with one week to go seems really, really stupid now in hindsight? And they're... Like I said, I, I think it would be a number of different things. Unfortunately, the two people here already know what it's about, so that kind of takes the fun out of it. But this is what it's about. Week 17 win, they secure uh, head coach Mike Tomlin's 17th consecutive non-losing season. Holy How about f- How about they were talking about... They were talking about firing him, uh, what, seven weeks ago? The media is so dumb. Why are we? In, <laughs> why do we do the media? Well, I'm just a bunch of jack... Just a bunch of jack... <laughs> <laughs> just out here f- talking nonsense. One of the best coaches the NFL has ever even seen about to yeah. possibly get his 17th consecutive non-losing season. Jesus Christ. I mean, so they've obviously been very, very good with Mike Tomlin as their coach. He's talking about the idea that as we head into this final week of the season that includes the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers as a possible playoff team. Mm. People were thinking, yeah, I think it's about time to say goodbye to Mike Tomlin. If they win, it will be the 10th 10-plus win season under Mike Tomlin. Uh, They have been to the playoffs in 10 of the 16 seasons so far, and it could become 11 if things work out for them this weekend. I think it is silly. I do know it came up. Three consecutive non-10-winning win seasons. That's all that he's maybe having right now. They have not won a playoff game since 2016. But that also means you are asking a Mike Tomlin-led, well-outfitted Pittsburgh Steeler team to win a playoff game between 2017 and 2022 with aging statue Ben Roethlisberger or Kenny Pickett. So... Keep that in mind. Now, granted, he had Ben Roethlisberger through all those other years, too, while they were winning. The good one, the really good one, the still not over-the-hill statue who they're wondering, should we move on from Ben? 
because there were multiple years of that. Uh, you get to a certain point in time, like look where we are with the with Mike Tomlin, and look where we, we being the media, are with Bill Belichick. I mean, Belichick's team is the worst team with the worst offense with zero injuries to their quarterback in the AFC. And so we think maybe a really, really good, long-time, super successful coach, maybe it's time to go. And he also has personnel power and has helped put this offense together. Versus Mike Tomlin, who won 12 games three years ago, nine or more games every year since, He's been to the playoffs twice in the last four years, maybe three times in the last four years, and has been a Super Bowl champion. He has a ring. Like, should anyone have even really brought it up? No. If he wanted to leave, fine. But he could do that any year. This year's no different. We say it every year, for at least every year we've been together. I know we've both said it in other forms of shows over the years. This is a a coach without the all-time greatest player that has managed to win non-stop. I think he's unbelievable. Love listening to him talk. Love how he handles his players. Love how they handle issues on their team. And I would basically lifetime contract him. If he plays his way out of it, and if the team starts, you can always get out of it. I I can't see a scenario where they're telling him to go, which is what the media would basically, as they said, and it happened, was saying, yeah, they should fire him. Well, the only reason that it's happening with Bill Belichick is because, oh, wait, it's sort of similar. Like, he's been there even longer than Tomlin, has he not? Yes. And has way more Super Bowl rings and appearances at, at that. Um, but it's like, it's a completely different situation. He is losing. Um, and I don't know. I... Three of the last four years, losing seasons in New England. Yeah. This year, I laid it all out, but I love saying it so much, I'll say it again. They are the worst team in the AFC with the worst offense in the AFC with no injuries at quarterback. That is Bill Belichick's current team that you would have to be saying, we want to keep him. But he was also in charge of that position as far as personnel. he's, He's in charge of all the personnel. Yeah. But, you know, the most important one, he has not addressed realistically. He, He addressed it. He drafted Poorly. a quarterback in the first round. And yeah. then after one reasonably good season, they have found two different coordinators to drive his production into the ground. And they absolutely need a new quarterback, and they're in position to take one. But yes, his extreme success might suggest, yeah, he's just, why would you ever get rid of him? He's showing you why. Mike Tomlin never showed mm-hmm. you why to get rid of him. Not at all. Not even close. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by our next guest. Bobby Marks of ESPN.com wrote an article on the Rockets. And, uh, well, it was really an article about some of the off-seasons. And I think the Rockets had some moves that raised some eyebrows when they happened. But they're looking very, very good right about now. And uh, Bobby will address that and a whole lot more when we come back here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. Hey, Salpy. Turns left, spins right. Stay clutch with the iHeartRadio. The sweet move. Sports Talk 7-9. Home of Rockets Basketball. 
A-Team rolling along here on Sports Talk 790. Adam Wexler over there. Adam Clanton right here. Dan Matthews, our producer, as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Joined right now, as promised, by the NBA front office insider for ESPN, a man who uh, wrote a very interesting article, and usually does. His name's Bobby Marks. He joins us right now. And uh, I love the fact that you talked about the Houston Rockets and that they were on the front page of ESPN.com for like the first time in forever. Um, you know better than anybody that here in Houston, uh, we've been through the ringer when it comes to the Rockets because of the way that James Harden left town. Uh, of all of the surprises of this 2023-24 NBA campaign, Bobby, the Rockets have to be near the top of the list with what Ime Udoka and the influx of both talent and youth have done here for Houston. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, what, like 17, 20, and 22 wins the last three years? You know, you know, since the since Harden gets traded, almost um, it's almost three three years ago, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, in, in the hard part is, and I, and I wrote about it, is like, a you had to go out and hire a coach, right? Uh, and you got a good one. Uh, you can see the his fingerprints all over this roster. And then the other thing is, is that like, you know, we talk about cap space and cap flexibility, like, man, it is like hit or miss. And, you know, to go out and get Fred, you know, and we want to look, I want to look back on it. Like free agents do not change teams. Like Fred, since, you know, the, the guys in 2019, the Durant Irving and Kawhi group that left guys don't do that. Like Fred is the only player, I guess, if you can add Jalen Brunson in there who switch high level guys who switch teams. Um, and sign outright, and he was able to do that. And you know, certainly we, you're going, you go out and get Dylan, and um, you, um, you you build out your bench with uh, with some veterans. Certainly Jeff Green, and and I, I said the big the biggest unknown, and this is where luck comes into it, right? You know, like they 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 had an agreement with Brooke Lopez. <laughs> you know, they had a deal with Brooke Lopez to come in there and be basically be your starting center. Brooke goes back to Milwaukee. And look, look what happens. Like your best player is probably your center in Sangoon. And that's, that's where luck comes into it a little bit here. But they're in the thick of it. You know, they're in the thick of it at least for, um, at least for a play-in tournament. Um, you know, and I think that's the goal. I mean, you know, certainly you'd love to get in the top six. But, you know, be, be in a position to play some meaningful minutes, a meaningful games for some of your younger players. But, you, as I said, you still have some of your veterans, but you've got to, a little bit of a tough schedule. Many come in, and then uh, many, and in Milwaukee, and then you go on the road with uh, with Miami. When you kind of look at things, every team, because this was the basis of this article, was every team and their off off season moves and how things have kind of played out to this point. Were you expecting? The dividends, I think we all agreed with their finally taking this philosophy. You can't just continue playing all these young guys under the system they were using. You had to have a new system, but you had to have pieces there to make it work. Specifically, Fred Van Vliet, specifically the sign and trade for Dylan Brooks. As you knew, those would be key figures. Did you expect them to be able to make this young, talented team into a legitimate, hard team to beat on a nightly basis? They're clearly not the top of the standings, but... You have to go in there and actually beat them now instead of just show up. No, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I thought, you know, I thought they would be improved. Well, what's improved? 30 and 52 somewhere, you know, I, I mean, I thought they, they would be better. I think you, we, we probably underestimated how good of a coach Ime is. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, doesn't coach last year, um, comes in this year, um, you know, different personnel than what he had in, with the Celtics here. And, and, you know, I think if, 
if he's not here, you probably don't have as much success. You know, you're probably not 17 and 15, but I think he gives them a, and an identity. I mean, listen, you were 29th in defensive efficiency last year and 30th the year before, and now you're like sixth. I mean, that doesn't happen. Um, and you switch out some of the parts here. So I think he's, you know, I think he's played a huge role in this year. And no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect him to be, you know, 17 and 15. And, um, you know, as of right now, one of the, you know, one of the top 10 um, teams in the, in the Western conference. Bobby March joining us here on sports talk 790. And yeah, his addition and Dylan Brooks's addition to the Rockets, I think, are as interesting as much for what they've done on the floor as the fact that their availability in the first place was kind of, I don't want to say flukish, but like you see what Memphis did last year and then the things that went south there and part of that was Dylan Brooks' situation. That's why he was available. Obviously, the Boston situation with Ime Udoka and they both wind up in the same city. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, what, you know, hey, Memphis gets to a Western Conference Finals or an NBA Finals, you, you probably they're re-signing um, Dylan Brooks. Um, if, um, you know, Toronto's interesting just because of the, the situation they were in, I think, you know, what they were offering was probably comparable to what, you know, what Fred got in um, in, in Houston. And then you hit it right in the head as far as, you know, if Ime is still in Boston coaching, you're, you have a different coach here and things – look awfully, um, awfully different here. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and Raphael has done a great job. I mean, he really has this kind of having an idea of what he wanted to do, um, you know, certainly with some of the draft picks and it cost him some of his, the former picks they've drafted here. Um, but to kind of, you know, a bit, get some veterans in here, some quality veterans in here where I, you know, I, I said the big thing was try not to impede the development of your younger player but try to win games. Like, how do you, how do you go out and do that? And you guys look around the league. I mean, there are a lot of Detroit, for example, there are a lot of teams out there struggling, Portland struggling to do that here. And, um, you know, we'll see where, where, where the next, you know, 50 games go. But I thought, I think they've done a, done a really good job. Bobby Marks, VSPN, joining us here, being the front office expert and, you know, mastering the, uh, Im- impossible to master cap in the NBA. Um, I know there's a date of importance today with Reggie Bullock Jr. Uh, Victor Oladipo is on the Rockets, or his contract is. We're 35 days out from the trade deadline, and I don't know that there's anything truly specific the Rockets need from a big-picture, long-term planning standpoint, but maybe there's something they think could enhance their chances of you know, winning a playing situation, maybe uh, competing better or winning a series. Do you think those two players in particular are because of their contractual situations, I guess, tradable and worth something to another team that the Rockets could, in fact, make something happen at this deadline? Well, I think what else comes with it, right? I think with, you know, certainly with Oladipo, um, and there was a reason why Houston didn't waive him, you know, outright when they got him in the, in the trade with, um, when they got him in the trade in the offseason here, you know, he's earning $9.5 million. I think you could go out and, and try to get something, um, you know, that player that can help you right now, but it would probably cost you, um, you know, depending on the player you're looking for, whether it be second round picks, you've got to, I mean, you still have a bunch of those, you know, you know, it's funny, the Brooklyn stuff hasn't even come to fruition yet. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like, I mean, you're sitting on those, you know, those unprotected ones, you know, this year's probably not the year you wanted that in 24 and then 26 and you got pick swaps in 25 and 27. So, I'm I'm probably not willing to do anything with those, but you know you've, you've got some seconds to maybe um, to move down the road. But I think certainly the Old Depot contract would be something that you, if you're you know if you if you have an eye on um, 
on Houston, you'd circle that. They got a trade exception at $4.5 million so they can go out and acquire a player, but you'd have to clear out a roster spot here. But I think they're in a, they're in a good position where they don't have to do anything. Like I think you can kind of like just let this roster develop and, and kind of go, you know, go into the second half of the season post trade deadline, um, you know, with this group. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it's, it's interesting you put it that way because I think... One of the more pressing questions that Rockets, the fan base at least, is wanting to know is, what does a guy like Bobby Marks think of Jalen Green? He was obviously taken near the top of the draft. Uh, Numbers are down, averages are down, and he and Cade Cunningham have been kind of disappointing for maybe very different reasons, but... Uh, what what's your assessment of him? Is he long for Houston? Is is he going to develop under Ime? What do you, what do you what would you do if you were in charge of the Rockets? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's been better. You know, I mean, the last his last five games, you know, he's, he's I think he's close to forty five percent from three, um, nineteen points. So he's been better. I know there's been a lot of a lot of those uneven games here. I mean, I think we, we often forget he's only 21. He'll be 22 in, um, in another month here. And he's, he's got the uh, second coach in, in three years here. So I'm not, I'm not you know, ready to kind of pull the plug on the Jalen Green um, you know, process here. I think what will be interesting is we get to the offseason here. You know, he's extension eligible. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to kind of commit long-term money to him? Has he shown enough um, this year? Um, I think that's going to be the conversation that Houston will have to have. But I think he's been better. Um, you know, I think certainly um, you know turnovers was a um, you know was a was a key. You know, certainly with him and and him and Porter Jr. here. But his num- I mean his numbers are down there. Um, but so yeah, I, I mean, as I said, like, I think you just, I think I need more of a body of work to kind of make a, make a judgment on, on Jalen Green. I guess similarly, same draft. Uh, what are your thoughts on Alper and Shingu? Oh man. I mean, can we try to get him in the all-star game here? I mean, <laughs> geez, I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable as far as what he's been able, to, what he's been able to do. I mean, he's, he's probably one of the better young centers, not named Holmgren or Victor. Um, out there, and those guys have certainly got a lot of a lot of publicity here. But uh, he is a keeper, um, and to get a guy that's where you, where you picked, you know, um, you know, in the teens there, uh, I just think he's been. I think he's been. He's only going to get better, and and that's a scary thing for teams. I said this earlier on today's show. I said Alperin Shingun is the best player that was drafted in the top twenty of that draft. 
I don't know. Again, there's a lot of different ways to take that. I certainly know what progress he's made, and I think other players might ascend past him in their respective futures. But as we sit here today, and he's definitely focused a lot in on this season, is that a reasonable statement to make? Yeah, I mean, I think Toronto fans would probably want to fight you. and <laughs> Scotty Barnes. Um, but listen, if you redrafted that draft, he's, he's probably top four, top three somewhere around there um, compared to where he was picked. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big jump. And you mentioned, you know, how young Jalen is. He's still relatively young himself. I'm thinking, okay, what's year four, five, six going to look like for Alperin Shingoon on both ends of the floor? Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, there's, you know, there's a developmental stage here. I mean, he, he took the leap, right? He took the rookie contract leap here when he goes from years two and three, whether it be, you know, playing for a different coach, whether it be a style, whether it be having Fred and Dylan out there, whether just the roster and improving um, in, in general. And I said, like, you know, like, like we, you know, he's been good and he's been really good, but I think there's, I think there's another, I think there's another phase to his development. Bobby Marks here on Sports Talk 790. He is the uh, NBA's front office insider for ESPN. Bobby, appreciate the time. Really good conversation, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Bobby Marks here on Sports Talk 790. We'll come right back. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour. And again, Stan Norfleet coming in at the top of the hour for the 5 o'clock hour for football at 5 as well. It's all coming up still here on the 18. Adam Clanton. Adam Wexler. The A-Team. Continues. Continues. Baseball, football, basketball in Houston. On Sports Talk 790. Home for your home teams. Take everything aside, Wex. Thanks again to Bobby Marks for joining us last segment to talk Rockets basketball. Take everything aside that you know and that you think about both participants in this spat that we briefly discussed yesterday. Are you kind of wanting there to be legal action between Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers? And the only reason I bring it up is because a very prominent former Houston Texan weighed in on the situation today. What do you say? Well, I have to make sure that it's ready. But just oh. your question first that I wanted to ask. Uh, well, you said, am I really wanting to? Meaning, am I like Aaron Rodgers? I want to pop bottles when the list comes out? No! No, I'm, I'm not wanting to see a lawsuit <laughs> at all. I understand there actually is a good reason why I maybe should say yes. You, you are in a position where maybe you don't want people doing things they shouldn't do. Putting your name into something it doesn't belong. If, in fact, it doesn't belong there. For all we know, it does belong there. We don't have that information. Aaron apparently does. Uh, but... I mean, yes, from that standpoint, I w- shouldn't be so easily saying, no, I don't want that. It's, it's so uninteresting to me, or I'm not uh, you know, on the edge of my seat to see what happens next between these two, Jimmy Kimmel versus Aaron Rodgers, the first celebrity <laughs> athlete spat of 24. Awesome. This is great. Well, I don't think J.J. Watt is here for it either. He had the following to say when he came on, what do you call it, the A.J. Hawk show that features Pat McAfee? Uh, I mean, we could call it the Auxiliary A-Team show. Stop it. You don't have to be that way. Listen to J.J. Watt. So, now that we have that established, this is phenomenal. Is that the breaking news? Is that what it was? 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. No, it was my my breaking news was actually that I know absolutely nothing about the Epstein list, but I, just, I don't want to get in trouble. J -J. You know? James, <laughs> trust it, James, you son of a bitch. Why would you throw up in that? Pool? That's Big J, baby. That is BJ. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. All right, I, I know now. nothing. I don't want any fights. I don't need anybody calling me out. I don't want any lawsuits. I know nothing. It's like he had to almost preface the rest of the visit because he didn't want to be in the same situation that Aaron Rodgers in, which is this, like, of all the things that have happened this season involving Aaron Rodgers in a, in a season in which he played a handful of snaps, this still might be the most interesting for all the wrong reasons. I'm sorry that I completely missed why J.J. was brought into this at all, other than he was on the same show. Uh, because he used to be a member of the Texans. That's all. But why was he brought into the Kimmel-Rogers situation? Oh, I think it was his day to join the show, and it was just, he wanted to get that out of the way before right. he... Right, what did he say? I completely... What did J.J. say to put himself into this discussion? Uh, he was just saying that he knows nothing about the Epstein list and wanted to make that... Okay. Perfectly clear before they started asking him anything else about anything. Got it. So he brought it up. Uh, yeah, in a roundabout way. And Dan, did you tell me that he was? Um, how, how should I put this? Going into the interview. Yeah, they had asked him about uh, using, let's just say, chewable varieties of something. Oh, okay. Recreational type situation. Yes, microdosing in certain situations. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know. I just feel like. Um, both Andre Johnson, who we're like any day now waiting to find out if he will go into the Hall of Fame. J.J. Watt will one day go into the Hall of Fame. They're the two most former, two most visible former Texans at a time when the Texans are about to be, I think, and you think, we all think, is very, very relevant to the NFL conversation again. And yet, because of this, just, I'll put it this way. You remember when the Monica Lewinsky details came out? in like 98 or whatever, and it was all over the very young still internet. I was in high school. And you are just setting me up here. Okay. Go ahead, do it. Take, you take remember what I, when all of that came out and it was all over the intern at? Wow. You really had to go there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I just wanted to wait Grow to make up, sure you dude. got it all Seriously. out. <laughs> okay, William. I did not have sexual relations with that the woman. The president said that. I know. Well, president. In a press conference well, on live television. Hilarious. And he pounded the podium. And now he's, you know, denying other things about the same situation we're talking about. Uh, but I, that's why this this reminds me of that because it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. We got to find the this. I remember being in high school and it was like a thing. All my buddies. So one guy printed this stuff out. I'm like, Really? And our parents, of course, were very upset and didn't want us, any of us to see anything about what happened in the Oval Office or that side office or with the cigar or anything else that happened. By the way, we're 35 days out from the Hall of Fame announcement. It's February 8th, which mm -hmm. actually is the second time we've mentioned February 8th on the show. It's the same day as the NBA trade deadline. Yep. 35 Early days out. this year. Yes. The NFL Honors Program, that's where they make the official announcement. They've gotten it down to their... Finalists, 15 players, obviously Andre Johnson for the third consecutive season is among that group. The all-time great Tennessee Titan and Indianapolis Colts wide receiver is hoping for the call to the hall. What cap will he wear? What will be on his bust? I, I forgot what? to check the Indianapolis Colts and uh, Tennessee Titans social media platforms when 
uh, this announcement was made to see how much they sent out to thank Andre for all that he gave them and the fans, how much joy they had in watching him play for them. I imagine they probably sent something out about Reggie Wayne and Dwight Freeney, but they probably just forgot about Andre. Well, here's what happened with the Colts. They know that there's a pivotal game that's about to be played by these two franchises this weekend, so they just ignored Andre because that would be giving the Texans some love. And then with the Titans, they probably superimposed Oilers gear on Andre in their release just to try and be petty again, and it will fail as miserably as the Oilers did. Yeah, petty is fun, but your football team is your football team. So you gotta have you gotta figure out a way like congrats to their social media team. Like congrats to the Texans version of it in twenty twenty two and twenty one and twenty. You have your work cut out for you. This year the Texans social media team gets to capitalize on being clever around the football team being very good and interesting. Uh, for a change. Yes. Yeah, I like it. All right. Five o'clock hour coming up next, Dan Norfleet in for a visit. We will talk to him when we come back. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. A-Team. Are you ready for some football? It's five o'clock somewhere. Nothing, baby. It's five o'clock football. Professional football in America is a special game. You know, it's been at least 48 hours since we've had Stan Norfleet sitting in studio with us, so... Let's do it again. Yeah, man. We're making up for lost time since we didn't get a chat with you. Yeah, it's extended vacay. That's right. Anytime to hang out with the A-team, I'm here. Wex is looking all serious. What you guys been talking about? You know, I'm taking my afternoon nap, so I'm not up on what's happening. (laughs) Let's first get the out of the way out of the way, because we have not mentioned it yet. The final injury report of the week for both teams... Uh, nobody is listed out for the Indianapolis Colts, though three of their linemen find themselves listed questionable. Each of the three started and played almost every single snap a week ago. I would expect the very same on Saturday night. Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, they might, and it seems likely will, get Zach Moss back to spell Jonathan Taylor in the backfield and uh, Kenny Moore, their uh, top-level corner Listed questionable, but was also a full practice participant both Wednesday and Thursday, so I would suspect he will be active for the game Saturday night for the Texans. Noah Brown is out. Jonathan Grenard is out. Woods, Anderson, Beck, Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, Laramie Tunsil, all listed questionable. All but Robert Woods of that group, though, did practice on a limited basis today. Uh, I think there's still a, re, a an outside chance Woods is available or active, but obviously limited. And each of the others, I think, has a pretty reasonable chance to see themselves in the lineup. Laramie Tunsil's the biggest one of them, I think, of great concern because we know Will Anderson at least knows how to do something on the uh, right ankle that is not 100%. And I think he'll be able to, again, do something with it this game. But Tunsil going into this game with a groin injury, having played weeks through a knee injury, I think is a little bit of a concern for him. Can he, you know, take every single snap with them? It's nice to know that George Fant is now a little bit experienced at left tackle for the Texans, having replaced him last week. But that's obviously a pretty major concern. You were able to take an awful Titans pass rush and completely neutralize it by having Stroud hit only two times last week. Anything close to only two hits against C.J. Stroud, and I would be shocked if the Texans didn't find tremendous offensive success if they protect him that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Uh, There wasn't really a question in there, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Tunzel, 
By the way, congratulations to King Tunzel, uh, nominated as a Pro Bowl starter. What is this? Three of his four Pro Bowls have come here in, in Houston, so congratulations to him. Surprise me. I didn't think he was going to make it, but his pro football-focused numbers and some other metrics, he's great, not really well. So, all right. Well, what I wanted to ask you about some of the things he just had to say was, you know, it's it's one thing to beat a crappy Titans team without Jonathan Grenard because your pass rush is sufficient yeah. for a line like that to get through, but how much will they miss him? And I'm not saying Gardner Minshew's like going to be Mr. Versatile, running out of the pocket, flinging it, all that. But it'd be nice to have him against a better line, at least, protecting for the opposing quarterback. Yeah, for me, this game, and I believe the Texans will win, this is a line of scrimmage game. You're speaking specifically to the defensive line. Uh, It's good news that, from what Wex just shared, Collins is at least questionable. We know he has been out. So I would like to have this defensive line at full speed. It's not Gardner Minshew running around and being Kyler Murray-esque and, you know, scrambling. It's the movement to evade the rush in the pocket. I would like to have the better defensive line athletes, a la uh, Grenard in there, Jonathan Grenard, as opposed to a Derek Barnett or a MyJ Sanders or even a Jerry Hughes. Now, we know Jerry Hughes had the big hit on Will Levis, forced to fumble. Sheldon Rankins picks it up a, w- a week ago. But I think they can at least be serviceable at the defensive line spot, primarily at those ends, to keep Minshew contained. He's a guy that likes to move around, manipulate the pocket so he can throw the football. This will be short and immediate throws. They're going to have to tackle, but we'll get into that. Middle of the season, they the Colts had a game on the road at New England. He obviously started and was not sacked in that game. The only other time he played the majority of the game and was not sacked, week two against the Texans. Interesting. I'm going to consider the week two game. They were preparing for Anthony Richardson, obviously. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No And then when you get punched in the face and you're down 14 0, and then they do a switch like that somewhere around the second quarter and most of, or all of the second half. I just think they were a little... First of all, I think the Texans were a little unsure of themselves at that point. For sure. I don't think they really knew, what are we going to be? How do we do this? D'Amico's defense isn't necessarily easy to just plop down into as a player and you go. I would expect them to be able to handle that much better now. Props to Will Anderson, by the way. He got the one quarterback hit in that game. No sacks that day. Like for him to get a few more on Sunday. But I think we can all agree what... The team has said this week, and Colts have said similarly. We've just kind of said it without saying it. It's not the same team. It's you're far enough away in the season that dramatic changes have been made. And in both cases, I think it's fair to say they, it's partially because they both have new head coaches. They both have new schemes on both sides because of it. Uh, we hardly ever talk about the other team's other parts when, like, D'Amico Ryan's is the defense coordinator. So we talk about him. We talk about Bobby Slowick. And, and, Indianapolis, we talk about Shane Steichen so much, and in week two when they met, that was new coach Shane's offense against new coach D'Amico's defense, and it really wasn't even close. I think Shane 
dominated in terms of scheming and what they wanted to do, and they know that they went out and executed it. But now I'd like to see what it looks like both for their matchup on the other side. They have an experienced defensive coordinator. But at the beginning of the year, he still was, and Bobby Slowick wasn't. Mm. Gus Bradley's a pretty high-level defensive coordinator, certainly in terms of experience, and you may not like him, I guess, but seems like a lot of his defense has been pretty good. But 15 games later for him isn't as big a deal as it is for 15 games later for Bobby Slowick. And I think in that regard, I would think... And and you also had a day where CJ threw for 384 yards and was not picked off and threw for two touchdowns and was finding out what it's like to be a successful uh, chain-moving NFL quarterback back in week two. Why can't more of that success be found again? I think it can, and it will. Week two, without Laramie Tunzel, without Devin Motor Singletary in this run game having any modicum of success, they put up the numbers that you're talking about. But with Tank, and he was very good that with day. With Tank Dale, I will take that. Yeah, I'll take that. That's a good call by you. I think that, and then I looked at it, their entire secondary for the Colts is different now than it was then. They're starting two rookies at the corner spot. Obviously, they don't have Shaquille Leonard anymore. They plop somebody else down in there. Uh, there was somebody else that, uh, and I have to pull up my notes, somebody else was playing for us that no longer plays for us, Tank Dale being one of them. But there's somebody, oh, Laramie Tonson, like I said, wasn't there. The offensive line. <laughs> Shaq Mason is the only offensive line mate for this starting five now that was also the starter the then. Starting, the starting five for your yeah. Houston Texans in week two on the O-line. Tackles, Josh Jones, George Fant. Yep. Guards, Kendrick Green, Kendrick Shaq Mason. Green, yeah. And at center, Jarrett Patterson. How many did Laramie miss the first three games? I'd have to double check. Yeah, I can't something remember. like that. Yeah, I can't uh, remember about that. But it's, it's a completely different deal. And I mean, defensively, look how well Cashman has been playing when healthy. Um, who else back there? I'm thinking about in the secondary. You know, Stingley has gotten his legs, by the way. I do believe he was a Pro, pro Bowl snub. I believe he has outplayed Sauce Gardner. All of the metrics say so, so we can have that conversation all time. But I look at this as this is a fair fight. This is Ricky D'Amico versus Ricky Steichen, period. Our quarterback, young guy, but he, clearly his upside is better than we've ever seen from Gardner Minshew. Like, we did a thing on our show this morning for those that listen next up, 10 to noon, me and Gordy. I listed the 10 best players in this game. Six of them play for Houston. They should win the football game. There's a reason that the spread opened one and a half Indianapolis. It is now one and a half Houston. How much of a factor is Jonathan Taylor, though? Because you know, there's this, there was this like stat floating around yesterday. Well, his two biggest games have been against oh, he's the Texans. Five and zero versus he, the Texans. He's playing trash rosters. He's he Agreed. hasn't. You know that's that hasn't. Derrick Henry ran for two hundred yards right. against the worst teams the Texans Bingo. have ever fielded. Bingo. Well, how did he do against this year's team? You Bingo. know, the only thing that matters, right? Yeah. But and that's really a blessing in disguise. Don't lose your thought, AC. The fact that they're coming off of having faced Derrick Henry twice in the last three weeks. Who's much bigger from, from a mindset standpoint? Derrick Henry just made the Pro Bowl. Like he, he's Derrick Henry's still a dude. Not he based just, on the Houston games. He just didn't play well versus Houston, who their run stop numbers. Think about where this team was in stopping the run. And where D'Amico has them now, they're above average in the league. I don't know the specific number and where they rank. They're going to be better equipped. Now, Jonathan Taylor did just have a season-best 96 yards on 12 or some odd carries last week. But that's versus the Vegas Raiders. They've mailed it in. Well, that's not fair because Pierce has been coaching his them up. His top 15 career rushing performances yeah. 
all came in a year other than this one. Mm. That was his best this year. Against Doesn't Raiders, even yeah. crack his top 15 all 96 time. yards. Yes, he has zero 100-yard games. So let's, I'm like, wait, well, yeah, let's go there. Well, I mean... Michael I, Pittman doesn't scare me. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mike, uh, Jonathan if, Taylor doesn't scare me. If you're looking at the weapons that you need to certainly account for, though, if you're the Texans' defense, he's he's at the top of the list, right? Maybe even above Gardner Minshew? The way they want to play, yes. And that's really one of my keys to the game. It's going to be on the show tomorrow, but i give it to you now. You have to make this offense one-dimensional. Make them get away from Jonathan Taylor, especially if C.J. Slork in this offense is able to get a lead somehow. Now, not having Noah Brown, I mean, you're going out there, and we'll see where Woods is at. If you're going out there with Nico, Dalton Schultz, Singletary, and Brevin Jordan, I don't know how much you're going to be able to get a lead. I mean, like a substantial two-possession lead. you get the ball first? <laughs> no, I'm still going to defer. No, the point there to be made is... The top four receivers, wide receivers on this team, Collins, Dell, Woods, Brown. You're you're basically going into this game potentially with one of them. One, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a problem. Can you go into a game missing one of them? Sure, they did it the whole season. One of them yeah. was usually out. Maybe two here recently because Dell's missed all these games. And Dalton's but playing now, way better overall than he has yeah, been. Now all three of them being... See, Dalton playing well is one thing. But you have to change what you're doing on offense if these guys can't play because of the personnel you'd like to use. You're, you're not going to run the same plays with, you know, three wides and, and, you know, just Schultz or whatever you want to do because you're really, you're not going to run a, a game where that many plays have Mechie, Hutch, and Collins on the field together. You, you just wouldn't want to do that. That's not a wish high Mechie level was grouping. I just wish Mechie was more of a thing, given that they traded up for him and I all that. Totally we, were talking, agree. we were talking about this off the air yeah, yesterday. I totally agree. Mechie's got next year's going to be a big year for him. Number one, it's money time, and number two, it's also time to determine if he's even going to be on the Houston roster. And I've said it. I may have said it with you guys. I know I said it with Gordy uh, when I was with you guys earlier in the week. They're going to have to add a body at every position, including offensive tackle and anything not named quarterback. As a matter of fact, I know we did get into that. So, yeah, to me, whether Noah Brown or Robert Woods plays, whoever, the key to this game to me is running the football. If the Texans can consistently run teams. the football, yes. Yeah. This is a trench game. It's not going to be sexy. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be very physical. So the, the national audience may have an issue that it's not fireworks all over the place. But to win the football game, Devin Motor Singletary, that offensive line, and that defensive unit got to go get busy. Could be some sore joints after this one. We'll continue to discuss this one with Stan Norfleet. Next segment here on Sports Talk 790. But if you have had joint pain for a little while, maybe a long while, you want to get rid of it. You want that pain relief to not be temporary. You want it to be lasting. But you certainly don't want to go under the knife if you can avoid it. You don't want the downtime that comes with surgery. You don't want to get uh, potentially harmful and addictive pain medications involved. And that means you need to call QC Kinetics, where their regenerative medicine treatments are a fantastic alternative and will give you that lasting pain relief. Yeah, you have 361 days to not let this be another year like all the others before it, where you're continuing to suffer through joint pain. Don't let 2024 be like the other years. The nation's leader in regenerative medicine wants to hook 
you up without seeing joint pain stay with you any longer just get a free consultation with them make that phone call 713-913-5285 get it on the calendar today your free consultation visit one of the four locations here in the houston area sugarland cypress the woodlands the heights and take that first nap t- step now towards recovery from joint pain with qc kinetic 713-913-5285 it's the A Team. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. Your Rockets, your Astros, your voice. The A Team rolling along here on Sports Talk 790, Thursday edition of the program. We got Stan Norfleet in studio with us for another segment. Yeah, man. As we take you up till 6 o'clock. You know, something that the Texans will consider, I imagine, now that we're a week further into it. Um, last couple weeks of the season, the way the back end of the secondary has been playing, specifically the safeties. You had the end of the season for Jimmy Ward. You had the beginning of I'm a Texan, part two, for Kareem Jackson. Obviously, with who they have, Jalen Petrie's been out there all year. Houston Carson has gotten a ton of time on the field because of other injuries. What do you think the secondary looks like if they're a playoff team, do you think this week, because if I saw it correctly, Kareem Jackson got in his work pretty much when the game was no longer in doubt. And even though they were in tons of passing situations, because the whole second half was a passing situation, the game was never in doubt when he got his first reps with the Texans. Yeah. But I wonder if that was in an effort to try to get closer to him, potentially taking more important reps alongside Petrie. Yeah, I would say KJack, uh, Kareem Jackson, the aforementioned, I would say he would be a critical piece to a postseason play. I don't know that I'm ready to go into war with DeAndre Houston Carson. They call him DHC. I would feel a little bit better having Kareem Jackson, a veteran, which, by the way, is something that I think is going to help this team on Sunday, on Saturday night, excuse me, and moving forward. I looked at, like, the playoff experience. I mean, you look at guys, Wex, I know you're talking specifically about the defense, but, I mean, Rankins, Perriman, Derek Barnett's a Super Bowl champion. Jerry Hughes been in the league 15 years. Steven Nelson, Kareem Jackson, Dez King, Adrian Amos, specifically in the secondary. They have about five dudes that have played in real meaningful playoff football games. Derek Stingley Jr., you played at LSU. You understand. The moment isn't going to be too big for you. But, yeah, I personally would like to see Kareem in there. It's a good locker room uh, dynamic to have going into not only this game, which Wex has been calling a playoff game, because that's what it is. It's a de facto playoff game. Yep. Um, but then, and I'll ask you the same question that we asked uh, NFL Network's Bridget Condon yesterday. I like Bridget. Yeah, she was good. She's my girl. Um, what matchup would you like to see? Forget the seedings, just talk about the teams that are probably going to be there. All right, give me the scenario. Uh, well, oh, for, you said forget the season. For, for right. C.J. Stroud's first playoff uh, game. The home game. Whichever team, and technically oh, it would be home. the Texans at four. Cleveland's locked in at five. Texans host Browns. Give me C.J. Stroud at NRG, packed out. How are we going to do battle red? Whatever we going to do. Pack it out. We're in there. C.J. Stroud, home game. Bring the networks. Let's go get it. And and I get that because of what Wex has brought up so many times. They're a different team at they home. They play completely different at home. Where but have I heard that before? Isn't oh, there... Oh, no, no, Rockets this season. Well, it was the, the Astros, too, but it was the opposite. It was the opposite for the Astros, yeah. What about an off-season, an off in quotations, for the Kansas City Chiefs? You go to Arrowhead and it start makes, your legend. Don't do it, Wex. I'm Wex. I'm sorry, AC. Don't do it. 
do not talk yourself into the Texans are going to go in the arrowhead with that climate, with that crowd, with that quarterback, with that head coach, with those banners, and all of a sudden they're going to win the game. Wouldn't it be fun if they did, though? It would be fun. Especially it makes us after feel better the last the time they were in the postseason. Yeah, it makes us feel better. Yeah. Same thing. I'm not going to Buffalo versus that quarterback and that coach and that climate and that with mafia. that crowd. I'm not doing it. It makes no sense. And I've heard other media members in this city talking about wouldn't it be cool to go to Buffalo and can't. No, it wouldn't be cool. Be Give cold. me the best chance to win. Unless they were being literal, because it would be it cool. Would be it literally cool. would be frosty. <laughs> yeah, whatever the matchup is, I don't think they're at a point in their development as a franchise, again, to care. You know, a home game against the Browns seems a reasonable way enough yeah. to try to get off on the right foot, which is to say all you're trying to do is win a game. I don't think you're seeing a significantly worse or better team, regardless of the opponent. Your three options, if you are sticking to seeding, is Cleveland here or on the road at Miami or on the road at KC. Those are the only three options they have if they win their game on Saturday night. And I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference other than that one factor, home versus road. Yeah. I don't think it puts them... Honestly, I'll ask you. The Texans are home next Sunday afternoon. They they get the midday start. Thank at, you for that extra day. Okay. I, like, I need that extra day. Against the Joe Flacco-led Browns at home at NRG Stadium. Yeah. They got a week healthier. Yep. So nobody that isn't hurt week is getting day. hurt. Week in a day. Yes. What do you think the opening line is? Cleveland came to town and beat the Case Keenum-led Texans soundly. And just a couple weeks later, Cleveland will be coming here to take on the C.J. Stroud-led playoff-bound home playoff AFC South champion Texans. How do you think Vegas would view it out of the gate? Like, as soon as the matchups are set, that opening line would be what? I know what I would think. Two and a half? I was going to say Cleveland. Two and a half, Houston. I was going to say Cleveland one and a half. All right, so the reason I say two and a half Houston under the scenario that Wex just outlined, Vegas is going to give the home team an advantage. It's mm -hmm. not the traditional field goal that it used to be. It's more down to a couple points, point and a half. So I'm adding that point and a half plus, again, another two, two and a half. So I'm saying the Texans at home with C.J. Stroud against the Browns would be basically a field Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You'll go better than a Joe Flacco-led Browns team. Yeah, you'd have a win last week and then a win this week to look at. They would have gone out in two Indy mm -hmm. on the road in a must-win, and presumably they didn't win 3 nothing. Presumably CJ wasn't awful, and they managed to win. Presumably he helped them yeah. get to the playoffs with a victory on the final day of their particular season. And so I think that would play into it. I, I was going to say something very similar. I do believe at the very least... Even with a, you know, I don't care if the Browns are a 12 win team or an 11 win team. Jeff Driscoll's playing this weekend. That last win means nothing. Agreed. Or loss. Yeah. So I think that, I do think even though they got clobbered, I think they would be small, small favorites when the line opens. Because Clay, because Case got clobbered, not CJ. Correct. Yep. I mean, he makes that big of a difference. He makes a huge difference. I saw something typically a non quarterback can account. Uh, Nick Bolson in San Fran, when he's in or out the lineup, for Vegas standpoint, he's going to count about a point, right? You start talking about the quarterback position, now you're talking about field goal to a touchdown. 
When you get into elite territory, I heard somebody report or put this stat out the other day. Lamar Jackson accounts for 11 points a game for Baltimore himself because of how dynamic he is. I imagine Patrick Mahomes is probably something similar. So, CJ, let's say he's not that. Can C- Is CJ a field goal to a touchdown difference? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, you, you, when, you, when you brought up the name Nick Bosa, you know, a little light bulb went off for something you said earlier that y'all did on your show. So if you think about the Niners and Bosa, you're like, man, that guy is awesome. Mm. And then you look at their roster in your mind, and you're like, he's like their fifth best player, their sixth best player. He's probably not even the best player on their defense because Fred Warner is. And yeah. that is where I'm drawing that there's still a huge difference in talent between the Texans winning 10 games, potentially winning the division, reaching the playoffs, yeah. being one of the final 14, and then those teams up at the very top oh, yeah. from a talent standpoint. No the Niners' best five players are stupid, yeah. are ridiculous, I mean, yeah. are the five individual best players at their particular positions. Yeah. Like Debo's one of the top receivers. McCaffrey is number one. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk was a Pro Bowl snub. It's, he had a really Trent awesome Williams. season. Uh, check made the Pro Bowl. These guys are the best Christian player Cam- at their position. They're all on the same team. Where if Hafonga were healthy, yep. he would have made the yeah. Pro Bowl. Where do you put Brock Purdy in the quarterback pantheon? Right now? He made the Pro Bowl his first time. I get it. It's the first time since Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner in 1999 that you're getting two first-time selection Pro Bowlers that are going to start Tua versus Purdy. I'm not a Brock Purdy guy. I think you could plop down, not anybody, but I think you could plop down 25 of the quarterbacks in this league that can do what Purdy's doing in New, in San Fran. Wow. I got a question. What? Now do the other thing. Which playoff-bound team would be better if they took their quarterback off their team and put Purdy in his place. I like that. Because I think you're going to have a struggle to see which so one you like. You know what argument that is that I've had recently? The people that don't believe Lamar Jackson's the MVP, some people think it should go to two. Like, it's laughable. Well, he's tool. not quarterbacky enough. That part. And it's uh, for my naysayers, I would say. Your naysayers. <laughs> Listen, take Tua off Miami. Uh-huh. Put Tua on Baltimore. Put Lamar in Miami. With A-Chain, Mostert, uh, L- Lamar Jackson Tyreek, would be lead-blocking 70 yards down Waddle? the field for A-Chain. I mean, like, I, I, I think They'd that's really be the fastest team in the league. It would be unreal. Kills. Like, it would be unbelievable. Would be so don't, don't, to your point, Purdy, listen, is Purdy, he kind of reminds me, I was in Dallas working for the Cowboys when Romo was on his ascent. He's got a Romo feel to me. There's something there. Romo went undrafted. There's something there. He's in the right system. And he's developing, right? Sean Payton is the OC when Romo's in Dallas, the early part. So he's going to date some hot blondes and have some crushing playoff losses. Well, he's got to get some money first. And he's already suffered some disappointing playoff losses. We know he got hit out of the Philly game last year. I'm not a Brock Purdy guy. I don't think he's special, but I do recognize the brother is talented. Like, I I looked at him like, okay, let me see what he does this year so that I know last year wasn't a fluke because he was only there for, what, a month as the starter? Yeah, I think he had yeah something. What do you have? I mean, they're going through quarterbacks like socks last year. He didn't have thirteen games. What do you have? He may have had eight regular season games. He was jumped, that many? He jumped in in the twelfth game, played through the rest or tw- yeah, twelfth yeah, game. So okay. the final six games Plus, were basically his. And then he had the two postseason games before okay. the third game. He yeah. wore his jersey for and then watched most of it from the sidelines. Put his arm on As backwards. Christian was McCaffrey was not. Being asked to throw passes, oh. unfortunately, so, would have loved to see that. I know we we up against it. I'm all over the place. So now you got me thinking MVP. Guess who's number two in the MVP race right now? It's after Lamar. After Lamar, is Dak Prescott? 
So I'm going back and forth with some dude on social media that's all over me because I said this on our show. Feel the way that you want to feel. Dak Prescott is number two in QBR in this league right now. And in passer rating, he's technically number two because Mason Rudolph is one, but he doesn't qualify. (laughs) He's only played three games. So after Purdy, passer rating-wise, is Dak Prescott. They're the number two team in the NFC. They're likely going to win the division with a win on Saturday. Do we have a problem with Dak Prescott being second in the MVP rating? I, I can't help but give you my first thought as you say that because there's a lot of merit to it. And I can't help but think one thing that helps push that into people's minds is that Kyler Murray's team just beat Jalen Hurts' team. Arizona's not as bad as we thought they well, were. And Arizona's not as bad as we thought they were. And Philadelphia's Hurts-led team isn't as great. So that kind of brings him down a notch, which elevates Dak's profile i guess you could say i think it's pretty easy to say dax played at the very least on hertz level but more likely he's outplayed hertz there's a dude on season. here telling me that dak is not a top 10 quarterback in the league and that's just hyperbole that's just not true you won't find oh and then the dude said uh well just because he's having a top 10 season this year doesn't mean he's a top 10 quarterback that sounds like something gordy like, would say to piss you off intentionally on the show and it wasn't even gordy that said it but it does sound like something gordy <laughs> would just say. Well, we're you. talking about we had this discussion already today. We have it 10 times a year at least. We're talking about this year's MVP. And that's all that matters. I don't care what happened last year. I don't that's care what's going to happen. Right. I think in the re- well, I think- if Aaron Rodgers were healthy and if, yeah. and if, and if But, I, but I think in the case of Dak, that does come into play. Not not like, you know, determining the MVP, but his reputation precedes him because um, he would, well, he wouldn't be the first Dallas area superstar to get the MVP and then flame out in the postseason. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki did it once, famously in 2007. Um, if you get that MVP and you're Dak Prescott, which you won't because Lamar's going to get it. Agreed. But let's just say Lamar didn't exist for whatever reason and Dak won it. This would, you would have to break through this year. At least go to the conference championship. They've got a Super Bowl caliber team. Now can you hit the groove at the right time? And they just haven't been able to do it. The they thing- should have lost that Lions game. Thanks, could've, officials. Could have, should have. Uh, but the officiating has been bad. There are several yeah. games that we could have said, yes, they got out of there unscathed versus the Lions. But um, we'll see. I don't necessarily love We were talking about it off the air. I wish Dalvin Cook would have signed with Dallas. To your point, Wex, maybe they tried to sign him and he chose Baltimore instead. Don't know. Uh, but Lamar's one. Dak Prescott right now is two. Brock Purdy at three. Trevor Lawrence is at four. Excuse me, MVP odds right now. Four? Well, we won't be using that wagering house unless there's something I could steal from him because that's the uh, dumbest thing is, I've ever heard. Uh, this is Fox Bet. Trevor Lawrence four. Josh Allen five. Yeah. McCaffrey You're six. Must be. I know offense to you personally. You must be misreading that. That I cannot be. That, that cannot be true. I'm looking at this. <laughs> is Lamar, that from November? Lamar. No, this is from two days ago. Lamar Man. Jackson, Dak, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, McCaffrey, Tua, Tyreek. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, huh? Horse face, number four. Now, Fox has Trevor Lawrence at four. Fox mm. bet does. Okie dokie. Mm. Mm. We'll see what happens there. I can't wait to lose the division this weekend. I'm going to be pissed on Monday now. Just so you're ready, 10 to noon, me and Gordy, Texans don't win this game. Yeah. I, there are no excuses. This is a fair are fight. Gonna, are you going to swear? Probably. Okay, I'm going st- <laughs> to yeah. tune in for that. This is yeah, give us a score on your way out. Ooh. What's the over-under, Wex? 40. I'd have, I'm guessing. I don't want to guess. Give me, give me Texans literally by one point. Kiami oh my Fair, God! It's Forty-seven and a half. Kaimi Fairbairn. How 20, long is the make? Twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-three. Kaimi Fairbairn 
40 some odd yards ball game. Let's come on back to Houston and have a cocktail. I can't take it. Basically, that. he's going with a push all the way around. Texans minus one and 47 <laughs> as the over-under. <laughs> Stan, always, always a good time. Appreciate it, fellas. Absolutely. All right, we got about a half hour left here on Sports Talk 790. We'll take you up until 6 o'clock when we come back. You don't have to be a pimp to get your lady to work. At your command, Mr. Bun B. That's right. Just ask your smart device to play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. <laughs> Thanks again to Stan Northleaf for joining us for the last couple segments. You know, we were talking about something off air that we didn't mention with him and we haven't really talked about. It's not just that there was that, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday. It's not just that there was that fire at the home of Tyreek Hill. It's that, A, they found out that a child started said fire with a lighter. So that automatically makes this less ominous than the left eye fiasco with Andre Risen, although no less dramatic. I mean, good Yeah, grief. as I said yesterday, I felt like there would be no reason There's to no comparison. draw these two together. Well, actually, it's a, it's a star NFL house wide receiver. House and was on fire, yeah. Um, he's wearing a walking boot in that overhead footage. Has he been... Yes, he's been under 100% for multiple games. And still just killing it. Uh, not like he was. Not well, no, close. but... but you know, he's the proverbial, this guy at 80% is better than most guys out there. It kind of depends. Like, let's say the injury was different than a foot, leg, ankle injury, which it is. That's going to change a player like him pretty dramatically. As opposed to an arm or something like that. Yeah, if he had a you know, really bad shoulder, which was super painful, I bet you, like Emmett Smith running yeah. at, with a shoulder injury. It wasn't a shoulder injury, Wex. His <laughs> shoulder was literally falling off his arm, and he motored through the NFC Championship. I, say what you will about Emmett Smith and the, the era and all that. That was gutsy. I mean, I still say Barry Sanders is the greatest of all time, um, and I still say that you know Emmett was as much a product of that time in the NFL getting that rushing record is anything but you cannot take anything away from that performance. It's pretty Dislocated good. Dislocated shoulder. Pretty good. And you're going to play the 49ers who had, didn't they have what's his face at the time that liked to spit on people? Romanowski? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big big uh, smoothie peddler. Did I ever tell you about that? So he's he was during our, our most uh, our longest streak of hitting up Radio Row during Super Bowl was in his prime uh Product peddling time. So this was one. So you could definitely, if you wanted Romanowski on any of your shows every day of the week during yep. Radio Row, you could get him. He uh, was doing that, and it was the show that I hosted before I hosted this one with you. So this was middays with Sean Jones, and he walks up, and I was like, "What the heck, man? You brought smoothies for us last year," and he got up out of his seat on the air. Can somebody bring him a smoothie, please? You know how he talks. And I had one in front of me within seconds. I don't even know where it came from. I mean, they had to have had some sort of cooler or something, but did they blend it? Well, it was great. I, I miss those days. That's Wait. the strawberry lean one. You're going to love it, man. You're going to be jacked. Not a lot of sugar. It's a meal replacement. I mean, he did the whole spiel right there. And then, you know, it was a little, it was a little scary. He's a little unhinged. Was, I'd call it, yes, unhinged. Perfect. I was going to say wired. You know what you reminded me of? The ultimate warrior. Very much so. The Without same, the makeup yeah, on. The Ultimate Warrior, uh, Latimer from the program. Plays at the table. Uh, the kid that uh, Ben Affleck played in the after-school special that uh, <laughs> got addicted to painkillers and roids 
Aaron Henry, I believe, was his name. Yeah, that's what he was like. All of those. Yeah, someone like that. If all of those characters had a baby, it would be Bill. Also, uh, he's, he's the dad. Also starred in a movie with our own Sean Salisbury. Yep. What What was the cast list for that movie? Rob Schneider. Okay. Uh, the guy that played Napoleon Dynamite. I can't remember his name. Lucky. David Spade. <laughs> Tina, can get some ham? Craig Kilborn. Oh, I love Craig Kilborn. But it can't be Kilborn's best movie. No, because he was in... Old school. Old school, yeah. It was a real jerk. Nailed it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Smarmy. Hey, man. Guys don't do that. Terry Crews was in it as well. <laughs> Terry Crews. Very good. Is he the guy that was in the... Uh... No, I'm thinking of um, Terry Tate, office linebacker. Mm -hmm. Strong marketing character. Oh, my gosh. First time I saw that, I almost... Died laughing. Yeah, I think Dan Patrick made one of his usual cameos well, in a Sandler movie. So this Sandler's not in this, correct? No. no. His wife was in it, I believe. Oh, this isn't the whole... Uh, no, but it's obviously attached yard. to him. And like Dan said, Dan Patrick finds his way into nearly all of them. Molly I, Sims, too. Rob Schneider's wife. No, to say that. Oh, in the movie. Yes. Whew. That's an odd couple pairing. Uh, that's one of my all-timers. She's she's elite. John Lovitz, Molly too. Sims, Sims. John Lovitz? Was he? <laughs> yeah. He was the rich guy that made it all happen. Who, Mel? believe so, yes. I thought you were talking about The Longest Yard. No, no. It's a movie called Benchwarmers. Yeah, no, I remember now. Jim Jimothy wasn't in that one. No. But all the people that Mr. Matthew said were. All right. Well, that was a, an intense sports content segment. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, thanks for nothing, Bill Romanowski. Where's my smoothie this year? Are we going to go to Radio Row this year? Yeah, I'm sure that's we should get that plan started on that today here on January 4th. Well, if the Texans go to the Super Bowl, I think we should. Oh, this, I think we should, too. This would have been the year to go. It's in Vegas. Yeah, why Why aren't we going to Radio Row in Vegas again, Wex? I'm not management. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we'll work on that. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to work on our final segment. That's going to be coming up next. But before that, I want to tell you guys about the only place that you need to be getting a hold of if you've been into a uh, any sort of collision, 866-TRUST-GUS or TrustGus.com. This is the injury lawyers you want on your side. The University of Houston Athletics Department have them as their official personal injury law firm, and you can too because uh, Stuart J. Gus is going to get the job done for you like they have been for over 20 years, helping Houstonians get Everything they have coming their way if someone else is responsible. Obviously, never know when an accident will happen, but you do know you can make that phone call to Stuart J. Gus and uh, get them working for you uh, with whatever the situation might be with that accident. You can call them day or night, 24-7, 365 at 866-TRUST-GUS. That's G-U-S-S. -S. You can find them online at TrustGus.com. Trust them that they'll do everything possible to hold the responsible parties accountable and seek the maximum recovery possible for you. 866-TRUST-GUS or online at TrustGus.com. Hey now, everybody. Bill Walton here. You're listening to the... Where is Jerry Garcia?
I guess I'll settle for the 18. On Sports Talk 790. Hey, Wex. What's up? Do you remember when James Harden got traded to his fourth team in as many years, basically? Let's just say yes. And, uh... <laughs> Hold on, I have to finish. And then, um... There was the Dallas area Bally Sports on-air personality who absolutely crushed him, and everybody was like, "Yeah, get him!" Get yeah, it was James interesting. Harden. The other night, Mavs came to town. Yeah, he was there, but not part of their broadcast that night. He was at the game and he was wandering around, but he wasn't on the air. It was interesting. Funny you should say that, Dan. Do we have it ready? La- last night, after the uh, Clippers won again. It was a 131-122 decision over the Suns. Uh, James Harden brought that guy. I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name? No. Okay. It doesn't matter. Clearly. And according to James Harden Thanks, as well. Thanks, The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> he did that this week. I don't know if you saw it. He was a really good one, too. Okay. Uh, James Harden talking about his fit with the Clippers um, then versus now. How do you like the fit here, James? How's the, how's the fit? The fit is great. I knew that from the beginning, you know what I mean? And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, be a part of this. And obviously, it didn't start off well. So many people was, it gave people so so much to talk about in a negative way. And now those people that was talking are nowhere to be found. Like, literally nowhere to be found. Um, so, which we knew that was going to happen, you know what I mean? But for us, I think it's just focusing on this team, getting better every single day and, and focusing on the main goal. I like how you were like, oh, he was in the building, but he wasn't on the broadcast. If I were guessing, he prob- they probably had a multi-game road trip mm-hmm. and thus was on it. But that was a night because they have rotating analysts that he just wasn't working. Yeah, like you with, uh, with Space City Sports Network, <laughs> Home Sports Network. <laughs> My role with Space City Home Network is a little bit less than his. Yeah, but there's a, little, there's a rotation where sometimes, you know, Kevin's the usual suspect, if you will. It, and- well, he is the guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. The usual I, suspect. I'd love to consider myself in the rotation, but... I'm I'm buried pretty deep reserve. Like two people have to be out for me to be in. Well, how many games are you doing this year that you know of already? The next one I'm doing will be game five, I think, or game six out of eighty-two. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten through all eighty-two. Well, that's five more than I'm doing. That is true. His name is Brian Damaris, by the way. James Harden. Damaris. Damaris. <laughs> You'll laugh later. I don't know. I'm no, not sure no, what no. you're saying. Uh, they've had him for 28 games. They're 18-10 in those games. And that includes the first five, all of which were losses. Losses, yeah. So 18-5 and and right? in their last 23 games. I, I don't remember which game it was, but I'm pretty sure it they was, played the Mavs in that game, in that it stretch. It was the third game for him with the Clippers. And they were they didn't, they didn't were getting killed. Mavericks beat him pretty soundly that night. Yeah, so... Um, the uh, Clippers have beaten the Mavs twice since then. Soundly. And again, I had a buddy of mine come into town last night from Fort Worth. He is a diehard Dallas sports fan. And he brought, we were talking, this has nothing to do with James Harden, but we were talking about the Mavs because we mean what, nowhere to be found. I mean, nowhere. Literally nowhere to be found <laughs> is a quote you heard right there from James Harden. Well, he was in the building, so you could find him. He just wasn't on the air. So your buddy's in. Yeah, he's in for the game last night with his family. And, um, I had mentioned when you know leading up to last night we were texting, and I was like I love Luca, and I talk I, you know I told him about how I talk about it on the show, and and uh, he was like yeah he's great till he wants to leave us, 
And it's like, that's not the first time I've heard a Mavericks fan express that opinion about that guy. And I don't know if that means they think that the Mavs aren't going to be able to surround him with the talent, especially when you consider they just re-upped Kyrie, who still is known more lately for the off-court incidents he gets into with other fans than his actual play. I mean, I don't know if that was... If anything even happened. He's so weird. Well, I don't... I mean, based on what's been said since, whatever happened, happened with the sign that was taken away. Right, right. He said he didn't have anything to do with it. Other people have said, yeah, he had nothing to do with it. But then other people said he went over and interacted with them, right? they said he went over and interacted with them. I I don't believe that necessarily was the case. Well, the point being, the story is being written, whatever happened, and it's about something not having to do with him playing basketball. So six years in, this is try six, so they surround him with the right group. And they're going to fall short this year, Mm -hmm. I feel pretty safe saying. Even though they're good, they're going to fall short of a, I don't think they're Western Conference um, finalists. So sometime second round after, fodder probably maybe, and so yeah, I would ask those same questions if if I'm I'm Luca. He should come play two guard in Houston. There's plenty of talent here that's, I think, more conducive to him winning long term than in Dallas, especially defensively. Yeah, because then he could continue to not play any of it, and it would still be okay because the other guys will. Yeah, because he doesn't play any. But he will give you fifty with a triple double a lot of nights. Sounds uh, familiar. Probably not here. Why not? Because they don't need him to do everything like Dallas does. Well, that's true, but I, he's just as much of a distributor as he is no, a I scorer. Agree. He's he's great. Like, I've had my eye on him for a while. I want to poach him. He would be able to go back to, oh, this is what it's like to have an awesome coach. Yes. He doesn't have one now. He you would have one really, here. I can't tell. Dan, do you think Adam Wexler despises Kirk Cousins or Jason Kidd more? I really don't know. It's got to be Cousins. Kids on the sidelines. I mean, I can only dis- despise, strong like, word, coach so much. It's not to that level. This isn't a very good description since it's radio, but a lot of times it's not an auditory response from Wex. It's a visual very response. Very visual, yep. And I think even seeing the name Kirk Cousins immediately elicits an eye roll. It Kirk looks- Cousins has made sort of a, a comeback since the injury. Like, all the nonsense poking fun at himself stuff he's done since then. Oh, that makes him more... Uh... Yeah, it makes it humanizes him. He's not just a super high-paid quarterback who's not going to win in the playoffs. He's a real person. There it is. <sighs> yep, I guess he answered a question for us. Well, seriously, look at Minnesota's... They're like what a lot of teams, Denver's won. Over the last couple of years, you look at them, they're, they're ready to win. Look how good they still are. Mm-hmm. They're, every week they're in the game. Every week they're hard to beat. Every week their quarterback is awful. And yet they're managing to stay. They're they're alive still, and he's missed ten games. Yeah, I just think that. And we we you know we were talking about with Bobby Marks like the trade deadline. You're gonna if Jalen Green, for example, continues on this path, i.e., one week he has a couple of or three good games, but then he's got five stinkers to follow it or whatever. Um. He just talked about it. The the payment's going to be due of some sort. What like the Rockets have to really really think hard about that. And I I mean, if you're asking me right now, I don't I don't invest any significant money in Jalen Green. I know he's 21. Yeah, the only the only downside to not doing that is just the pure mental side of it. It'll be tough to take for the player if they're not at the first opportunity after being the second overall pick. To, they're not backing you as much as they can financially. This is going to be tough to take. Uh, 
clearly seems like the decision. So use it as motivation. That's You can hope that that is, but you also have 50 more games to look at this because I, I do think people are way too much on him at only each end. There's no middle. Like yeah. he's either the unplayable, terrible, get him off. I'm glad he's not in there in the fourth quarter. Or yes, this is the guy they drafted and he's going to lead them. But isn't but that it, kind of his resume too? No, there, there's no resume before November of or October of 2023. To I, me, yeah, that's I could fair. really care less what he did those two years. The only thing that happened those two years is they and he they cheated him out of an opportunity to develop and he didn't find a way to take advantage what of the fact I that he was an NBA player and do it on his own. What did I say to you off air two years in a row? I don't like KPJ on this team because I think it stunts uh, his growth. Yeah, I don't that's not where I was going at all. That's where I was going. Uh, they had the worst coach in the league for 3 years with him. Hey, I mean, what are you going to do? I'm I don't it's not personal. I mean, look at them and what they did and what they are now doing with uh, I mean it's not. It's unbelievable it the difference bad. they are. It was bad. Go watch. We watched all the games. We called all the games. That what are they doing? How many times did we say that? And and some of it was they didn't know what they were doing because they wouldn't. They weren't coachable. They're being the same guys other than him, KPJ, and a few others that were moved. Not as important, obviously. Are are being coached and they're taking See, to it and they're listening and they're doing that and that's specifically on Jalen. I've said this before in each game I've watched the last ten. I, I don't see it any differently yet. I'm watching him play good basketball. He's playing well. Now, he's made some mistakes, and he's obviously not shooting well. And I think there's a difference between playing well and shooting well. Now, there's a lot of plays. His handle is not good enough for the drives he continues to take and get the ball knocked away. I don't watch every other two guard in the league. I'm going to guess he's the most poorly officiated one. Because they think everybody who's defending him has the best hands in the league. He gets zero calls. He gets hammered when he goes into the lane, loses the ball, and it's a turnover. And that's why his turnover count is up. But he makes enough mistakes to give the ammunition to the haters. And he's clearly shooting and missing way too much. And if that part of his game doesn't change, it doesn't matter about the rest of his yeah. game. That, that player can't help you enough if he can't make open shots or can't score efficiently. However he wants to do that. He's not getting wide open shots because people are leaving him open. He's getting wide open shots because they run a proper offense. He's just got to make more of them. And the three games before yesterday he had, I thought he played a good game yesterday. But he did not shoot the ball well. But I've long since said, and you know this, that the way the Rockets are going to get to the next level is not to draft, because it's not going to happen uh, necessarily, a superstar. They're going to have to go rescue one or get one that's unhappy and I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell's unhappy, but I don't think he's long for Cleveland. I think he's well, unless they the have another New Jersey coming out next year, and it says New York across the front, he's probably not going to be a rocket. No. And I said this during the offseason. I still think it now, and it's a little bit along the lines of what you're saying. When the Rockets are great and they're competing at the top of the league, it's going to be because of a player that they didn't acquire this offseason. Basically, someone who's there. Because Jalen's become a superstar, because Jabari's become a superstar, because Alperin's hmm. become a star. One of the three, two of the three, some combination of who they have. Fred Van Vliet's not going to be the best or second best player on a great Rockets team. Neither is Dylan Brooks and obviously on down the line of all the other additions. It has to be this group that's already here or somebody that, as you suggested, is still on the way in. I'm just wondering who that guy is. I need a crystal ball for the next five years. They've made this year interesting oh, and yeah. fun regardless. I love Rockets basketball this year, especially as opposed to the last handful. I also love Daisy Dips. Yep, 
I want to talk about guilty pleasures. I want to talk about the fact there's a big game coming up this weekend. In fact, there's a whole weekend full of big games on the finale, the regular season in the NFL. You love getting the chips and the wings and the dip during games on Sundays. And in this case, Saturday night, why don't you make it even better with Daisy Sour Cream? And not just the seasoning packs, but the fact that Daisy has started making French onion and ranch dips. And you can get your hands on them right now. As a matter of fact, they sent some here to the station. Cannot wait to get those home. Try them out. They are absolutely fantastic, and they're so good because they're already made. You don't have to make it yourself anymore. It's not just sour cream with a seasoned packet. It's better. It's talking about selected herbs and spices. It's not pre-made seasoning. And they're fantastically delicious, and they don't have MSG or other weird junk in them that you can't even pronounce. You want to get your hands on some Daisy Dip. You want to do it right now because it's so addictive, and it's going to go great with any game you're watching in the coming days or weeks. Daisy Dip. Get your hands on it now wherever it is sold. That is going to do it for the A-Team today. Thanks to like the ridiculous litany of guests we had. Obviously, it was a uh, guest-intensive, guest-heavy day. And we want to say thanks to all of them, including Pete Rose, Bobby Marks, and, of course, Stan Norfley. Speaking of talent, he's not a guest, but he is back from his long, long layover in the, the Big Easy. Whoa. Whoa. Ross Villarreal. Gonna host the nightcap coming up next, Pally. I'm so wrong for doing that. Uh, Ross is in. Nightcap from 6 to 7 coming up next. We will be over at the George R. Brown Convention Center tomorrow. Cannot wait to get things ready for the national championship experience this weekend here in town. For Dan, for Wex, I'm AC. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. We'll talk to you tomorrow from the GRB at 3. Ooh. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.